What's up, homies? This is Edgar Traves, bringing you another episode of the Flow Row Podcast. Now, if you listened to the podcast before and you like what you're listening to, make sure you head on over to theflowrowpodcast.com where you can see the entire catalog of the Flow Row Podcast along with a store. Go ahead and get yourself a coffee mug with the Flow Row Podcast logo on it or a throw pillow or maybe a shower curtain. You could always use a shower curtain with the podcast logo on it. We are also on Instagram. We run under the name The Flow Roll. Now, today's guest is an old friend of mine from back in the day, back from the hood, back over in Little Village. That's where we met. He lived like three blocks away from me. He is an old friend of mine. He's well-trained in martial arts. He's got a black belt in Taekwondo. He's got a wealth of knowledge and a bunch of other things. But more than anything, his expertise lies in the stick fighting. His name is Carlos Flores, but he's also known as Mall Dog. Just know that today's topic is all about stick fighting and martial arts. And it's, it's a fun one. It's a very interesting one because the Dog Brothers are very unique in how they train and how they handle the whole stick fighting scenario. We get into it deep. And so here we go. All right. <laughs> All right. Welcome to another episode of the Floral Podcast. This is Edgar Otraves. And today on the show, I have my good friend Carlos Flores from back in the day. From back in the little village, he is uh, now a well-practiced uh, martial artist. He is—you got a black belt in Taekwondo. So, so I have a second degree in Taekwondo. Okay. Um, Jeet Kune Do, I've messed around with for many, many years. Mm-hmm. You and I both. Yeah, and now um, I'm very much immersed in the uh, Dog Brothers. Okay. So yeah, so tell us about the Dog Brothers. They're a stick fighting group, right? So the Dog Brothers, um, they have three components to them. One is a real contact stick fighting component, which everyone's pretty familiar with. Mm-hmm. They also have a self-defense or self-preservation component known as Die Less Often, D-L-O material. Die Less Often. Yeah. So, you know, they can't guarantee that you're not going to die. I mean, nothing's guaranteed. <laughs> There's no no 100% technique that will ever work, you know. Yeah, no, there's no such thing. Yeah. So so DLO die less often material. <laughs> <laughs> They're just trying to like uh, make sure they don't fall into any legal issues. Well, you said I wouldn't die, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. And and uh, the third component being uh, called Kali Tudo, mm-hmm. which is more of an MMA, um, where anything that you do with sticks, you should be able to do empty hands. Mm-hmm. So they've incorporated the stick fighting into MMA fighting, mm-hmm. which also then with the DLO, it's the same idea. You're using what you learn with the sticks and it transfers into that. Into empty hands. So the three yeah. components, it's the idea is uh, consistency across all categories. Okay. All right. Oh, interesting. So, um, and that's that's something that's kind of embedded in the like uh, Iskrima, Kali, like uh, culture or philosophy is, is like a lot of the movements that you can do with the sticks, you can do empty hand. Yeah, correct. So um, it's interesting that they've kind of transferred that into into like a an MMA type format, which involves ground fighting. Absolutely, right? absolutely. Um, so the thing about Dog Brothers, and, and we mentioned Jeet Kune Do, is that Dog Brothers is, 
at least in my perspective, the Jeet Kune Do of Filipino martial arts. Mm-hmm. They've studied various styles, um, borrowed, adapted into their way. And it's not, obviously, there's no specific way, way. It's just a way, not the way. Yeah. Uh, but it really resonated with me, the idea of learning from different areas, uh, whether it's, it's sticks on the ground, mm-hmm. uh, you know, kickboxing with sticks. In fact, one of the big components um, does come uh, from a dog brother who uh, did practice in Thailand and brought that style of weapons and kind of merged it into uh, the fighting style of, of dog brothers. Hmm. Um, so, so, uh, so Kribang, right? Oh, yes, Kribang, yes, yes. Uh, they, they merged that into uh, the rest of the Filipino uh, concepts. Yeah. Um, it's the Thai fighting, uh, the sword and stick fighting correct. style in Thai, correct. Thailand. So, so even though uh, dog brothers, they kind of borrowed from different ideas, different concepts, uh, different styles, um, the fighter, him or herself, is still different. Uh-huh. It's not just so much, okay, let me learn all these techniques and let me fight a certain way. It's no, not necessarily like that. It's you find your way within that way. Yeah. And you develop your fighting style. Yeah. That's very much like the Chikundo kind of philosophy, right? It's yeah. just like, cause your body type, is not going to work for my body type. And so Correct. what you're going to teach me doesn't necessarily work. Correct. Yeah. Okay. And, and it's interesting too, because personalities come out when you're fighting. Yeah. Um, you have guys that will fight like a caveman, Yeah, you know, angle one, angle two, and just kind of come at you. Mm-hmm. You've got guys that we call the juggernaut mm-hmm. who doesn't care about getting hit as long as he's coming at you and he's hitting you, mm-hmm. you know, uh, or the Mongo smash type of guy, which is more like that caveman that's just going to swing those sticks at you. Uh, and so you got, you got probably heavy hitters, you probably, you got your explosive guy, you got your very technique smart guy. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting to see these, uh, different type of fighters uh, mm-hmm. fight each other because there's no there's no weight class uh, when you do the stick fighting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it, ne- it doesn't necessarily have to be sticks. Mm. It could be something else. Um, you know, I was introduced to, to the chain. Mm. I actually did a fight where uh, a gentleman, a good friend of mine, Dungeon Dog, suggested that we do a chain fight. <laughs> and, and this was I think this was my second time going to a gathering so I've been going to gatherings this, this is what these fights are, are called right uh-huh. uh, you have your open gatherings which are done usually in September uh-huh. and you have your tribal gatherings which is more for members that have already begun their process and becoming a part of the tribe okay. quote unquote so you start off as a dog Okay. Right? This will be like dog Carlos, uh-huh. right? Um, you continue to go to fight, you train, you demonstrate your skill level. Uh-huh. And then, um, you know, they vote on it. It has to be a kind of a unanimous vote or, or majority rule type of thing. Oh, really? Yeah. You, so, so once you made it to a certain point, it could take a couple of years, it could take longer. Uh-huh. Um, you know, then you decide what your name is going to be uh-huh. as a full dog brother. Uh-huh. So you start off as dog, dog Carlos. Uh-huh. Uh, I decided to go with Maul dog. Uh-huh. I'm a big Star Wars nerd. Uh-huh. And I really love Darth Maul. Yeah. Uh, the way he kind of comes off the screen, the way his fighting is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so the second step would be uh, becoming a candidate. So now I'm candidate Maul dog. Huh. You continue fighting, uh-huh. you continue learning, you demonstrate your growth within your skill set, uh, but they also look at your personality, uh-huh. right? How do you treat others? Uh-huh. You know, what do you give back, you know, to society? Uh-huh. Um, so once you get to that level 
uh, then you become a full dog brother. Mm-hmm. So now I'm just mall dog. Yeah. Well, I mean, even Dean Lister said that he won't give a black belt to an asshole. Right? Yeah. You right. Know? Right. So yeah. like, you don't want to give a title that's worth something to 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 someone who's a a fucking ass. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. But, correct. So okay. So I think I think yeah, I need you to kind of describe because I know a little bit about it only because. Uh, because I follow you and because and I've, you know, you've told me about this stuff kind of before, but also like I've seen videos and stuff. Cause I remember like you talking about it once or something. And then when I looked at it, I'm like, this is fucking nuts. <laughs> yeah. So like for the people listening who probably don't know what this whole thing is, like, let's, let's start from the top. Like, first of all, the dog brothers, who are they? Sure. Uh, usually they're described as, as sweaty psychopaths with sticks, <laughs> usually, right? Uh, but but the, main, the main person, the main individual, uh, there was a handful of people that came together one day uh-huh. uh, training out of Danny Nasanto's academy. Oh, really? So, okay. So let me take a step further, too. Uh, the tree is, is Danny Nasanto, right? Okay. And the apples that have fallen from there, you know, you got, you got a lot of different names. But uh, for me, it, it's Mark Denny. Okay. Um, he's Punang Guru Mark Denny, okay. who was one of uh, three that really pushed, um, you know, getting this organization together. And, and he was the one that really was the guiding force. And they'll call him that, uh, Crafty Dog. Okay. Right. Then you got uh, uh, Eric Noss, who's Top Dog, who at the time uh, and even now is, is one of the best, best top, fighters. Yeah. Top Dog. I like that. Yeah. And I've seen footage. I've never really met him or seen him personally uh, mm-hmm. fight but yeah there's a reason why they call him top dog mm-hmm. um and then the gentleman that brought um Krabi krabong into the dog brothers right now uh his name escapes me but he's known as as salty dog salty dog yes <laughs> so salty dog crafty dog and top dog were really the instruments to kind of bring forth this idea uh and this was like in the 90s maybe mid late 90s uh-huh. and it just started to to take off and and it became more organized uh-huh. uh more people got involved uh rules were established and the most simplistic way to describe stick fighting would be mma with sticks mm-hmm. right uh pretty much anything goes you negotiate the fight if you know i say to you hey edgar uh you know, let's do single stick. Um, I don't want to go to the ground. We mm-hmm. can clinch. We can kickbox. Mm-hmm. So there's kicking, punching involved. Mm-hmm. If we go to the ground for whatever reason, uh, we decide, you know, as gentlemen, okay, you know what? We're we decided, reset. Yeah, okay. let's reset, get back up. Um, and usually there's um, a ringmaster who's a crafty dog. Mm-hmm. So like he, a ref. Well, no. And I'll make that correction. He, there is no referees. Okay. You are responsible for you. Uh-huh. However, if he sees that you get knocked out, you know, your feet are wobbly, your legs are wobbly, uh-huh. he'll stop the fight. Okay. So then why is he not a referee? Uh, he's not a referee because it's upon us to take the responsibility uh, to not let our egos get in the way. Mm. Um, it's, re- man, it's really a transformation when you fight like this. It's 100% full contact. Mm-hmm. You establish the rules. You, you, all you have is a fencing mask. Mm-hmm. You have lacrosse gloves. Mm-hmm. Uh, elbow pads, knee pads are optional, but mm-hmm. they can't be thick or hard pads. Mm. So they're usually cloth, with which really don't provide much protection. Yeah. It's more of a psychological thing. Mm-hmm. You have a, a growing cup and a mouthpiece. Yeah. Right? Those so very minimal pieces of protection. Very minimal to keep it as real as possible yeah. because, without killing each other. Well, yeah, because I mean, I've, I was messing with the sticks with my kids outside the other day, and my son accidentally smashed me in the, in the finger, and not hard. Yeah. But 
fucking thumb swole up. <laughs> yeah. It's still like not looking right, you know. But like, imagine getting whacked full strength with a stick on the hand. You're gonna you're gonna smash some some fingers. Well, and and here's the thing about that. And 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 now that you bring that up, you can still break hands. You can still break fingers mm-hmm. because it's happened. Uh-huh. Uh Sometimes you don't realize it until the match is over. Yeah. Uh, because of the adrenaline and sometimes you do sometimes you, you can't hold on to the stick anymore yeah and that's it right and, and the way the matches go you know again you negotiate uh, how you want to fight mm-hmm. how far you're willing to go um, but they usually last about two minutes okay there are no winners or losers right hence there's no egos if mm. the time runs out match is over mm. if you tap out match is over uh-huh. if you get knocked out Match is over, okay. or if something's broken, you're done. So there's no time limit. Just a two minute, two minute time limit. Two minutes. Unless the fight is going really well, uh-huh. and, and they want, you know, they want to see more. Yeah, they'll let it go. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, no winners, no losers, and you can fight. But as, I mean, if you get knocked out, then you're done. Like, I mean, you lost. Then you lost. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You could look at it like that. Yeah. Uh, so, so taking a step further uh, back, I'm sorry. Um. Most of these gatherings start with knife fighting. Okay. And those are a minute and a half. And they're done with either aluminum blades or the, the sharky blades. Uh, sharky, sharpie? I forget what they're called. Sharky blades? The rubber ones or the metal like uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. plastic ones? Yeah. Um, so it's a minute and a half. Same idea. You negotiate the fight. Obviously, in a knife fight, you never want to go to the ground. Mm. But it happens. Yeah. Um, the idea is to respect the blade. Um and also, the reason we always start off that way is to kind of let the anxiety out, let uh-huh. the nervousness out. Why? So that's why you start with the so blade? So it's a warm-up, correct. So it's so, like a warm-up. And, and if if it looks like you're getting stabbed and, you know, in real life, all right, that's a kill, yeah. then the match is over. They and, call it. And the ringmaster stops it. Correct. He'll be like, okay, okay, you're dead. Yeah, you're dead. And he'll be like, do you... And he'll even tell you, he's like, do you know why I stopped the fight? Yeah. And the guy might be like, no. It's like, well, because the guy pretty much slit your throat. There's no coming back from that. Yeah, yeah, you're done. So, so it gives us that idea of trying to keep it as real, you know, as possible with a knife. Uh-huh. Right. So then... So then Top Dog, Crafty Dog, and Salty, and Salty dog. dog. These guys started, they got together and they're like, okay, let's 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 see how this goes, right? Correct. Let's do this for real. Let's try to get as real as possible without having damage that we can't come back from. Correct. Right? Correct. So that's why they come up with the gloves and the stuff. And so they started, they're like like not not full on fights, but they're not they're not sparring sessions exactly either. Right. Because, I mean, you guys are going a little harder than that. So they're almost like, they're almost like a sanctioned fight. They're almost like, like an MMA fight that you would see in the UFC, kind of, except just you guys. Yes. And, it, and it's funny you, you mentioned the UFC because Crafty Dog, in the beginning, was trying to get stick fighting into UFC. Mm-hmm. He wrote a letter and everything, and, and he was denied. They, said, they wrote him a letter back. It's like, well... We think you guys are a bit too, too, too much, much, yeah, for what we want to do. I think, I, I think, uh, I could see that. I could see them being like, "Well, no, we, we want, we want to get sanctioned in New York. We want to be able to, you know, do it all over the world. We introduce one more fucking hiccup, and it's gonna make everything difficult." I mean, right. he was Dana White was against fucking having women in the UFC, so I could see him not wanting stick fighting either. Yeah, but. Um, because he, 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 his thoughts were always like he doesn't want to have like a circus, right? He doesn't have like a freak show. He wanted to have 
what he considered legit fights. Yeah. So like I could see I could see him saying thinking that this would be like, oh, this is just gonna be another freak show. Sure. Know? Well and so so yeah, you, you could look at it a you know, a freak show or a circus show uh from the outside, but when you're involved yeah. in it uh and you become a member of the organization, you see that it's much more. Mm-hmm. Um sometimes people come and, and they're looking for something, mm-hmm. whatever that may be, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and these are people from all walks of life, teachers, uh, I'm a counselor, mental mm-hmm. health counselor, mm-hmm. uh, police officers, uh, military people, uh, tech guys, you know, just people from different walks of life that have done training. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when I said it, you know, in the most simplistic way, it's MMA with sticks, but in, in reality, it's much more than that because you are training, you know, you're, you're putting your body through, through such training mm. that you hope in that moment, in those two minutes, your training comes out, mm-hmm. right? And, and I personally have come across what we call the chatter, where it's like a nervousness. And for me, it's like, did I train enough, mm. right? Am I going to be ready? Uh, am I going to hurt the other guy? Is the other guy going to hurt me? You know, a little, little, little bit of doubt, mm-hmm. right? But for me, uh, once I get in, in the ring or once I get in the middle... Uh, I shut it off. So how many of these have you done? Mm. How many? These are fights. Yeah. How so, many of so, these fights have you done? So official Dog Brother fights, I want to say about 38. Holy since shit. Since 2011 is when I started. How many injuries have you gotten? Uh, knock on wood. Nothing too serious. <laughs> knock on wood. <laughs> so, so uh, I mean... Hairline fractures, I, I couldn't tell you. I have no idea. Mm. I've had, uh, I've had a hematoma where on my forearm, you know, it looks like the bone's broken, but all it is is blood accumulated there. It's just a bruise. Yeah. Everybody walks away with tiger stripes, right? We call those stick hickeys. Ugh. And everybody pretty much gets those, uh, some worse than others. Uh, as far as I know, I've never had a broken bone. Um, I think I, I might have been close to getting knocked out. By a spinning back fist in a knife fight. It was so unexpected. Uh-huh. My, my fencing mask, it felt like it almost went around my head. Uh-huh. And I think, from what I recall, my knees buckled, but it made me angry uh-huh. <laughs> that you know I got caught like that, uh-huh. that I recovered quickly. Uh-huh. And I kept fighting in you the knife fight. You got that adrenaline boost from the anger. Yes. So, okay, okay. Whoa. So, 30, 38, you said? 38, yeah. 38 fights. Okay, yeah. so I want to get back to that, but I want to. I kind of want to unpack what goes on at one of these meet meetings or these gatherings so it's not just fights right there's other things happening so so no when it comes to to the gathering itself uh you're pretty much there to fight okay you know uh crafty dog will will say his thing you know the rules are you are responsible for you we are friends at the end of the day Protect your IQ at all times. Your IQ. Your IQ. With, you don't get knocked out. Oh, okay. Right? We, don't want any, we don't want anybody to get... Uh, Dumber. Spend, yeah, well, that or, or spend you know, a night in the hospital if they don't have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Um, but it's... So, so I'm responsible for myself in that I should know, oh, man, I just got jacked up. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm responsible for you in that I'm not going to take... A nasty shot if it's not necessary. So yeah. if your fencing mask comes off, yeah. I'm not going to be an idiot and come at your head full bore with a stick. I'll either say, I'll be a gentleman and, hey, mm. grab your mask. Or I'll take my mask off and maybe we lose the sticks and now we're boxing. Or it could become a different type of fight. That's interesting that you say that. You're, you're, fighting, you're fighting a gentleman's fight 
just mm-hmm. with sticks, but you're fighting, you're being you're, honorable, you're, honorable. Exactly. Yeah. You're not, you're not haul off being a dick, but that's, that's interesting. Cause I mean, that's, that's kind of shit still happens in the ring, you know, right. like, you know, you still get an asshole or two. Well, well, so, so, you know, with the whole fencing mask, when you go to the ground, they remove the fencing masks. Oh, really? Yeah. Because now it's like jujitsu is in play, ground and pound is in play. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's stick grappling, which the, you use the stick to manipulate certain things. You uh-huh. know, uh, I'll just throw something out there, something called the nutcracker. Uh-huh. Uh, maybe I'll show you after we're done here what that <laughs> looks like. Uh, but but you, you you may or may not come across, you know, certain strong personalities. Uh-huh. Uh, but that's usually at the open gatherings, where the tribal gatherings are more just the family, just the tribe. Just the people who are candidates, Have, yes, at the very least. Correct. Or dogs, at the very least. At mm. the ve- you know, they're, I don't know, uh, orange belts. Okay. So now, you know, they can come and they're invited. And, you know, also the idea is like, I'm not there to break you. I'm just there to help you along your journey. Because as a tribe, if I break my fellow warrior... Then who's gonna fight with me when another tribe comes? Yeah, right. So, so that's a really strong philosophy. Um, and these fights, man, it, it's they have a creed: uh, higher consciousness through harder contact. Mm-hmm. And there's more to that, but I'm an old man now; I forget things. But <laughs> higher consciousness through harder contact, you know, it, it can't get more real than that. In the sense that when you're done with these fights, when you're done with your day. You go off into the world, and at least for me, and I'm not the only one that has felt this, you really are in tune with the universe. Like the most simplest of things that can seem so trivial, mm-hmm. if you actually listen to it, you know, not just with the ears, but with, your, with yourself, it makes sense. And it'll take you to where you need to be. So are you saying that you're just kind of more grateful? Like more, like, okay, you just got an ass whoop, and, and you're like... Like you realize, oh shit, you know, I'm humbled, you know, like I got my ass kicked, I can die, you know, like. Sure. Well, when you got, you know, some guy swinging a stick and you hear the whizzing of it, like, Mm -hmm. you're like, oh man. Yeah, you got to be present. Yeah, yeah. So, in my first fight ever in 2011, my first stick fight, that's exactly what it was. I was so present in the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, When we were not engaged, when there was distance between us, it felt like time was so slow, mm-hmm. like super slow. Yeah. But then when we were engaged and the sticks are, are hitting and we're hitting each other, time was speeding up. Mm-hmm. You have no choice but to be in the moment. Nothing else matters because here's a gentleman that's trying to... Kick to, your ass, yeah. yeah. And, and I'm trying to do the same to him, mm-hmm. right? And, and that really does, like I said, carry over to your daily life. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, you create... Like in, like in all fighting... Although I, I feel like this is probably has a you know some higher consequences, but I mean um, in all fighting you have that you have that needing to be present and then afterwards that presence that that ability to be present kind of carries on, but like all things it's an exercise right so you mm-hmm. need you need to kind of like do it again sure in order to kind of continue having that same kind of mindset yeah and like I said you know. Um for every fighter that goes out, and if I'm not there, even if I am there, I always say, you know, I hope you find what you're looking for mm. when you're doing this. Um, when I first started in 2011, my dad had just passed away. Mm. So mm. that was my drive, you know, and I was going through my training, 
and I was peeling at the layers of this onion. You know, I wanted to get to the core of it to be able to deal and, and handle better my current situation. Mm. And I found that. And I found that in these fights. What would you, what, what did you, what would you think you were looking for exactly? Like, what do you think? I think um, most importantly, some form of healing for mm. myself. Um, I was carrying anger. Mm. And I needed to let that anger out. Okay. You know, not so much in a negative way, not like, oh, I'm going to hurt this guy, my son's a hustle, but I needed to find some type of, of coping method, right? Um, and what better way than to do a fight? Yeah. Um, you know, but so, so that's how I went into it. And uh, it was like that uh, for a few years uh, going in that way. But then my, my mentality changed. It was more like, I want to play. Yeah. Right. I want to be the cat and whoever's in front of me is going to be the mouse. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not so much like, oh, I'm going to, you know, unload on this person or, 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 you know, whatever, let the anger out. No, it's more like, let's have some fun. Mm -hmm. I've been practicing more, more sequences, more combinations. Uh -huh. uh, I want to see if I can pull them off. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, just have fun. Yeah. It just is the same way. Boxing is kickboxing is all the same way. Yeah. You learn a new technique and you want to kind of play. Sure. Right. But, you know, like, uh, but, you know, at least in the in in those other situations, like you might get, you have different body types. There's all those different variables, right, that you have to deal with, body types, uh, personalities, whatnot. But mm -hmm. uh, what seems that that you don't have in your way is like you get the you get the mat bully or the ring bully, you know, and and those guys those guys uh, sometimes they want to hurt you. Yeah. Well. So again, when we do the open gatherings mm. and the, it's open oh, so to the public, sometimes they do show up, mm. but then that's when they learn. Yeah. Right. They have to learn. Yeah. And yeah. and I think they become humbled in a sense, you sometimes know. Sometimes they do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so you will come across, you know, someone like that, uh -huh. but it, it's, it's not uncommon, but it's also rare if that makes sense because everybody that shows up. It, it, great personalities yeah you know it, it, and it's interesting it's interesting if you don't set up your fights you know for the day when you get there you're meeting new people like hey i'm carlos i'm from chicago where are you from mm -hmm. you know what does your day look like uh, yeah. how many do you have on your dance card mm -hmm. you know do you have room for one more if you do what would you like to do single stick double stick knife fight uh spade daga you know you decide what you want to do jesus christ it's and so, so mm -hmm. once once you establish who you're gonna fight, mm -hmm. you also have to be aware that they can get hurt yeah. or you can get hurt. Now yeah. you lost the dance partner. Now you got to find somebody else if someone else is available. Yeah, and it really is like a prom dance in that you have pairs of individuals, so so couples just waiting in uh -huh. one line, watching what's going on in the mat, uh -huh. waiting till it's your turn. Yeah. So once the two minutes is over for them, next to go and fight so you're also watching and you know it, it can do something to you as well mentally because you're like man i'm gonna fight that guy later and yeah. he just destroy i mean sometimes that happens sometimes yeah. they'll destroy the other guy in regards of like technique and stuff and you're like well ni modo yeah. right and, oh well you got that you got that anxiety build up and stuff yeah so so there's been moments where i've had like big men come at me monsters you know and, and i'll be like hey they'll say hey would you like to fight like, yeah you know what uh, maybe next time, but why don't I, I buy you a beer after we're done? Here? Yeah, you know, because again, there's no egos, and and one thing that that I have to acknowledge, and and Punan Guru, our crafty dog mentioned this, is that you can't always fight nature either. Nah, <laughs> nah, man. There's nothing, and there's no. I mean, especially if you're not feeling it, right? What's the point? 
Like right. who you, you've already, I think you've already proven enough, right? You got thirty-eight something fights. Well, hey, that, that's to that, others. That's not that's not a lot either. There's people that have done. That's plenty, man. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, come on. I, <laughs> like, like you're a family man, right? You're you're a normal dude. Thirty-eight. That's a fucking. That's you're a champ, bro. That's, <laughs> oh, I appreciate that's, that. No, but I mean seriously. Like, I mean, come on. Like, uh, sure, sure. You're not the guy who who has who has the dojo and who's who's been at it for years and stuff like that. And, and, you know, since infancy right. or whatever, and he's got a hundred something fights. So what, you know, like 38 is a lot. Yeah. You know? Well, it's so, so this is also a brotherhood, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I always go back to the matrix movie where you don't really know someone until you fight them. Mm-hmm. There's so much truth to that. And you develop strong friendships and, and they do become like brothers and you know that hey if i show up in this city i can look somebody up we can mm-hmm. get together for dinner or whatnot um so yeah you're right i mean i at this point i guess i don't have nothing to prove or anything to prove um and i've even you know have thought well why do i keep doing it mm-hmm. um but it's still fun yeah well you know? i mean it's it's your community right it's yeah where, it's where you go to kind of like recharge it's 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 uh it's you have a connection to these people like i mean it's it's your tribe you know yeah. it's just so and, and so those are the 38 official dog brother fights mm-hmm. i couldn't tell you how many fights uh, i've had out of that uh we have our own what we call the midwest uh get together mm. and we have different groups coming from the midwest i got you know brothers in detroit uh in michigan i got some uh southern illinois um you know in in, in uh um mississippi uh, uh missouri you know we're pretty much just try to get together as much as we can uh-huh. and prepare ourselves to go to the gathering um so we also we also have um what is known as beat the crap out of cancer and there was other members from the dog brothers that created this so um I think it was like four events happening in one day or, or a different uh, area. So in California, um, here, you know, in, in uh, somewhere in Canada, I think it was Toronto, if I'm not mistaken. Um, we would all host in one day and the same day, mm-hmm. beat the crap out of cancer. <laughs> and we would donate, you know, we would get funding, we would get a fundraise uh, and donate that money to uh, an organization or agency that, that we'd want to. Mm-hmm. For us, it was St. Jude's, mm-hmm. you know, and, and those fights were... You know, because it's a fundraiser, they're not full bore. Uh, mm-hmm. They could go from 50 to 80% uh-huh. contact, you know, but that's different for everybody. So uh-huh. you re- really have to measure and, and communicate. Be like, hey, man, you know, I'm not really feeling that hard. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't want to get hit that hard. Let's tone it down a little bit. Uh-huh. Um, whereas our, our Midwest get-together is a little closer to our, our gatherings. Uh-huh. Just because, again, for, for people that want to go out there for the first time or that want to get ready for the gatherings, this is the way that we do it together. So it's like harder sparring, but not correct. Yeah, not not, not full out. Yeah. But Although again, you, some fights do get like that, and it's unexpected. Yeah. But in the end, you're like, "Dang, dude! All right, man, that was pretty good." Yeah. You know, and you always hug at the end, and you always break bread at the end. You go out to eat afterwards. So then, um, okay. So then you got like these different levels, right? So then, if somebody wants to kind of go to a gathering, mm-hmm. they have to reach out to a smaller group like yours first. And uh, then go to the gathering. That's recommended. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or or because again, it, it's opened to the public. Yeah. You know, you could have other Kali practitioners or Screamer or Inez, you know, uh, practitioners that just kind of want to check it out. You can you can have some fucking nuthead, <laughs> some knucklehead show up from from the bar or just some 
or some crazy master you haven't seen that has been hanging out in the Philippines and some yeah. shit show up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I had mentioned before, you know, it's not just stick fighting. Like, mm. I think it was my second gathering where uh, my buddy Pete, uh, Dungeon Dog, had suggested, uh, he just threw it out there on Facebook because there's a Facebook group. Mm. We follow along and sometimes that's a good way to set up your fights ahead of time. Mm. He had thrown out there about, you know, anybody want to do a chain fight? And I'm like, <laughs> oh man, that kind of sounds interesting and i'm like hey i'll, I'll be your huckleberry okay. right so so he told me uh you know go to home depot kind of what what to get <laughs> and i remember i, I went to you home went depot to man home fucking depot. i went to home depot and i got this chain right so i bring it back and, and i was training in my alley in berwin i live in berwin yeah, yeah. so i'm in the mean streets of, of you know the alleys in berwin <laughs> i'm trying to swing this chain i'm like this doesn't feel right, man. And and, mm -hmm. and I'm like, I got to check in with him again. So I sent him a picture with the chain in my hand. He's like, no, man. He's like, that's too heavy. Yeah. That's too big. They're, you know, not not that. Get the medium size. Uh -huh. Went back to Home Depot and the guys are like, why are you back? And you want chains for what now? <laughs> I'm like, you know, this is what I'm looking for. And he's like, all right. Uh, so I got what I needed. And sure enough, as I'm swinging it, you know, it felt different. It's much more smoother. Uh huh. And I, I got ready for, for that fight, I think, in like two weeks just from swinging the, the chain around Jesus Christ. um and we so we ended up doing it um and, and great guy he, he's such a great guy um he i think he he supplied me with a chain uh you know because i didn't want to carry it in the luggage going to california because all these are done in, in in california yeah so so we get over there he gives me the the chain and and you know finally we're up and it was such a really you know great experience um not a lot of damage was taken um, you know, but in the end, he ended up taking his fencing mask off and all this blood starts gushing. Oh, and I'm like, oh my God, Pete, I am, I'm so sorry, man. He, and he, he was catching his blood, smiling at me uh. and saying, nah, warrior, man, thank you so much. It's an honor. And I mean, he was in a different mindset, uh. not in a negative way, but it was like, yeah, he, he he just lived that moment. Yeah, yeah. And so we usually have uh, medics. Um, and so he was taken back into the locker room and he got stitched up. And this guy came back to fight like two more times. So hold on. Hold on. And, he, and, and he's a tech guy. Really, really smart guy. He has done TED Talks and whatnot. But okay, so you guys, okay, so something just dawned on me. This is This can't be legal, right? I mean... So how do you have well, medics? So so we have dog brothers. Uh, in, in this case, uh, Keju Dog. He was uh, he is a, a, a vet. Uh huh. And so you know <laughs> he, he brings his brings he brings his stuff or or Crafty Dog will will find someone. You, you know, paramedic animals, bro. <laughs> you fucking animals. You have a, you, you brought a veterinarian and he stitches. No no you no a up. vet uh, um military vet. Oh, Military vet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. combat vet. Combat, combat vet. Okay, yeah, okay, sorry. okay. I thought he was a veterinarian. No, 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 no. <laughs> you got a veterinarian patching <laughs> you guys up. So, so you know, he he has stitched many a people, and <laughs> if the fighter can't fight anymore, then they won't allow him. You know, for safety reasons. What? Yeah. Yeah. What? Okay. So, so hold so, on, hold on, hold on. Describe <laughs> this fight to me. How many? How long? It's two minutes. Two minutes. You're, you're throwing chains. How do you start? So you got you. You start like. Do you have your own kind of bow? What, what, who's, what, what, like, 
because I mean, everybody there's like a ten billion different sure. Uh, I mean, styles. So, so, What's so your style? And there, you know, there could be a bow, there could be a salutation with the stick, uh-huh. um, there could be a handshake, or there could be a touch of gloves. Mm. I'm a hugger. Okay, so you <laughs> I'll hug them. you. I'll be like, hey man, let's have some fun. Good luck to you. Let's try to stay in one piece. <laughs> let's have some fun kicking the shit out of each other, <laughs> ripping each other's I'm, heads off. I'm definitely that. You know, and as respect, like I'll do my bow, but I'll still uh-huh. as respect to 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 the individual to to my brother mm-hmm. uh I, I like to give hugs okay that's my thing who's so and who's your who's your who's the guy who taught you the sticks uh so most of the information i got from crafty dog okay uh but there was uh, uh so the, the way my journey started uh coming from a jikundo background uh-huh. um i would go with my family to bloomington uh-huh. uh illinois and uh i looked up uh any individuals that practice jikundo uh-huh and so I found a, a guy by the name of Terry Crutcher. Okay. And he introduced me. He was the one that got me involved into the Dog Brothers. Okay. Right. Um, I ended up training with him because I would go out there, you know, you know, maybe every other weekend. Uh, I'd make time and he'd make time to meet with me. And I would meet with his groups either Saturday morning, Sunday mornings. Yeah. First, you know, again, starting like Jeet Kune Do information. Uh-huh. And then started doing sticks. And, and he was showing me footwork for the life of me. The footwork was not computing in my head. I could not figure it out. Uh-huh. Now, you know, I, I may be one of the guys that has very, very good footwork in the Midwest. Okay. Uh, uh, just because I don't like to get hit, I'm a mover, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, They've yeah. teased me like, oh, God, here's Mayweather again. You know <laughs> what I mean? Because I'm all about movement. Yeah. Um, again, I'm not, I'm not the strongest. I'm not the fastest. I'm not the best. But, you know, I'm, I'm pretty scrappy. Okay. Right? Um, so Terry Crutcher introduced me to this. Uh, I was still doing Jeet Kune Do at the time. And uh, another good friend of mine, uh, who's a, he's also a brother of mine. Terry's my brother. This guy's my brother. Uh, Pete Jessica. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like, hey, man, let's try this. Check this out. And this guy is six foot four, mm-hmm. well over 200 pounds, right? Yeah. Uh, in shape. So we started doing it. He was my training partner because, I, you know, if I couldn't go to Bloomington, I needed somebody here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I introduced it to him. He really enjoyed it. Yeah. Like really enjoyed it. But you guys are practicing like you guys we have soft d- sticks. So so we would look at, at uh, videos, uh-huh. uh, YouTube videos, or we'd buy some of the 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 discs at the time, the DVDs at the yeah. time. Um, you know everything that was Dog Brothers, and then whatever Terry showed me, you know I'd take my notes, I'd bring it back here, mm-hmm. show it to Pete. We'd work on it. Uh, we'd buy, you know, the equipment, we'd have the, 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 the hard sticks, soft sticks, and we'd spar, you I, know? Do I know this guy? I, I, I think I've met him. He's a big, big, giant white guy, right? Yeah, that's right. He's been yeah. at your house, right? Yes, he has. He okay, has been so at my I've house. been at your house. I think I've seen this guy. He's like a good friend of yours. He's like yeah. your best friend or something. Yeah, correct. Yeah, correct. Okay. okay, so I know who this guy is. So, so He's a the, giant. Oh, wait. Or maybe you're, no, you know what? You might be thinking about Phil, who's another guy. Uh, maybe you may or may not have, have, have met him, but okay. in, in, in any case, uh, Pete really got into it. He's the one that convinced me. He's like, hey, Losa, let's go do a gathering. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hmm, what? <laughs> right? <'Cause> I'm like, <laughs> and I, you know, at the moment, it's like, dang, do I really want to do something like that? And then I'm like, okay, let's go. Well, that's why you have friends like that. Man. Right, right. You know, they, they're, they're, they're either the ones who are encouraging you to like do something awesome or fucking really goddamn stupid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so I, I think it was both. It was awesome and really, really stupid. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, so so he he... he 
I don't want to say he convinced me because obviously I made the choice. Yeah. But he kind of like motivated me to do it. Oh, well, yeah. So so we ended up going out there and 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 you know Terry was the one. He he's our tree in the sense he's the roots, but Pete's the one that really pushed it further uh-huh. to really take more people out there, you know, and, and go out and, and represent the Midwest. Okay. Um, and he's known as Smiling Dog. So his fencing mask is the uh, the smiling face from Walmart. Oh, yeah. So it's yellow, right? Now, he, you know, it, it's evolved a little bit more. So it looks a little bit more creepier. Yeah. Uh, but picture a six foot four guy, 200 plus of muscle mm. coming at you with a smiling face. That must hurt. <laughs> That's my hurt. Yeah. So, so, yeah. So, okay, so then you're, so you don't really have a, um, a master per se. You're more kind of self-taught in some ways, right? Well, so. and, yeah, in some ways because we take the information, uh-huh. you know, we practice, practice, practice. Then we became training leaders, training mm-hmm. group leaders, mm-hmm. um, even instructors. But the training group leaders, I, I feel like it's more free in that I'll be like, hey, Edgar, you know, you mm-hmm. want to learn some stuff? Yeah, all right, come on, you know, you, you start off. Um, maybe as a student, but then I develop you as a training partner. Yeah. You know, so now you're helping me in my game. I'm helping you in your game, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I really enjoyed that because you do form bonds with, with friends that you grew up with or, or whatnot. You yeah. know, those bonds get stronger still. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. So, so, you know, the chain fight was a great experience. Uh, I then did a uh, whip fight, which I learned that whips can cut you. And I had a nice little cut Jesus across Christ. my stomach. Uh, I've done three sectional staff fights. Uh-huh. Um, what else? Staff fights. I've done those. Um, the three sectional staff one though was scary. Yeah. Because I fought a guy that that was his thing. This guy, uh, he comes from German, um, Gung Fu Dog, and uh, from Germany, and and he kind of popularized the three sectional staff here because he's a Brazilian Jiu Jitsu guy, a very high level guy. Interesting. And he's a Kung Fu guy. Huh. So so, this guy blended these two things mm-hmm. to make it work for him, you know. So that's his style of fighting. Uh-huh. So when you see this three-sectional staff, and he's got, you know, a particular move. I won't even say it now in case you know he decides to fight again with someone. But yeah. it happens so fast; uh, it's scary, huh. right? And I remember that day, uh, tribal tribal gatherings. It's two days of fighting versus one. Okay, you fight Saturday, you go home. You know, you bind your wounds and you come back on Sunday Jeez. and you fight again. And there's such a psychological and physical component to that because you're beat up already. Yeah. Right. So I remember. So that's all on purpose. Yes. They yeah. want you to come back hurt. Not so much hurt. But but like. Let's say maybe humbled. You know. Like worn in at least. Yeah. Yeah. So that you're able to continue to push yourself and really see, you know, what you're made out of. Okay. Right? As long as nothing's broken, then, you know, by mm-hmm. all means, keep pushing yourself if you can mentally, mm-hmm. emotionally, psychologically, and physically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know? Um, it's, it's interesting because it sounds almost cultish. Well. But, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, what martial art isn't kind of culty you know sure. like uh, i mean jujitsu is very culty sometimes i mean the uh the gym when i was training kickboxing as a kid they never they never intended it to be but it was it was culty you know yeah. it was, i mean you have that kind of like the, the 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 that little factor where it's just like well you're gonna come in and you're gonna come in and you're gonna be 
banged up, but it's because we're trying to make you stronger. Right. But you're not forced to. <coughs> you know, yeah, well, nobody it's, ever it's forces your, you. It's your choice to, to you decide. Could, you could always say no. Absolutely. But you know that you don't want to be the guy who doesn't come back. Yeah. 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 Which, which, yeah, it happens. It can yeah. happen. You know, and I guess that's one way of looking at it, like the cultish, but, yeah. you know... You're still free. Your mind is free to decide what what it's, you want to do. And it's how not you a judgment or, no, or anything right, like that. Right. I'm just saying, like, it, I I'm I'm trying to kind of picture what it sounds like to other people outside the, sure. the thing because yeah. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, I'm in a if if I identify, <laughs> I'm in a cult then too. You know, right, right, right. But like, um, I have several cults. But like, uh, <laughs> I did too. I guess. Yeah, but like, uh, it's uh, so it's not a a judgment call at all or anything like, or it's not a judgment on, on my part at all. It's just, I'm I'm trying to I'm I'm trying to kind of play devil's advocate because I mean I'm sure there's somebody who's like, oh that that sounds like a cult, man. If you're coming yeah. in and you're getting hurt again, you know? <laughs> well, so so yeah, so so that guy really, I had to dig deep in mm-hmm. order to fight him the guy with the whip uh with the, with the three-sectional staff oh, the three-sectional uh, three staff yeah the, the the german guy uh a good friend though by the way mm-hmm. um you know because that was his weapon and i i i took it up in like short notice and i just was messing around with it <laughs> you know and, and and i remember the second day uh and then you know we had other uh people from from uh europe yeah. that were there and one guy um sinatra dog I remember uh, I came up to him and, um, you know, he had a, a cigarette in his mouth and I'm like, Hey, so I'm thinking of asking, um, a gong fu dog, you know, if, if he would like to fight me three sectional stab and this guy's, um, cigarette just started to kind of twitch. Like, oh, oh yeah, that would be interesting. Like yeah. he was <laughs> genuinely concerned for me. Yeah. Uh, and I think a lot of individuals were, um, but you know, I, 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 it was something that I, I felt I wanted to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and I did it. And, and in reality, in that fight, like I survived it. You know, uh, I fought my own way, uh, but I was able to walk away without any damage because there was a few times where I could have seriously gotten hurt with his weapon. Um. Okay. So. So wait a minute. Okay. So, I thought you could fight anybody. With whatever weapon you want. Yes. But you chose to fight a three-sectional staff guy with his own weapon? Yes. That's fucking nuts. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna, you know, bet the house on a game of chess with with a chess master. Yeah. But I mean that's yeah. ballsy, dog. I mean good for you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and I, I think you know. At so that how did moment, it come out? How did you do? I, I think I did fairly well. In that I survived the fight. That's that, huge. Which, which at that moment, you know, you're thinking, oh, I'm going to dominate this guy. My, my intention was I need to survive this. I need to face him, mm-hmm. his weapon, you know, with, with, with you know, another three-sectional staff and see how it goes. That's crazy. You know, and he, he missed me a few times by just millimeters where he could have destroyed my, my, my face. face. So, Jesus Christ. But, but so for me, that was a testament too of my movement. Mm-hmm. of my footwork you know i i fought the weapon more of a long range type of weapon mm-hmm. whereas he's obviously very versatile with it close range long range you know uh plus his jujitsu so so i i even knew i asked him i'm like listen 
I negotiated the fight. I'm like, if we if we can clinch, but then we break, I don't want to go to the ground because in my head, I'm yeah. already worried about this weapon. Yeah. I don't want to also worry about his ground game because, yeah. you know, in both levels, he was going to destroy me. Maybe, maybe not. I don't mm-hmm. know. He didn't, thank God. But, you know, um, it was a nice experience for me. It was a good experience for me to do that. Would I do it again? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. You know, I, I think I know more, you know, I, I know better now than, yeah. than to try to do something like that. But I've had other individuals that have done three-sectional staffs that have kind of been more at my level and, and it's gone very well for me mm. with the three-sectional staff. Well, I think, um, who was it? Um, I think it was Benny, Benny the Jet Yurkides was the one who said, uh, if you're a good kicker, I'm going to kick with you. Mm. If you're a good, fi- uh, a good puncher, I'm going to punch with you because mm. I want to, I want to prove to you that I'm better at every facet of the game. And if I can beat you at your own game, then you're going to be afraid of me. Mm. You know, like it's going to, it's going to add another level of like intimidation. Right. So now you, I just, I just, you know, I'll punch you or I'll kick you and that's your game. Like you got no place to hide now. Well, I wish that were the case with a three sectional set, but mm. you know, going food dog, he had no fear. Um, you know, he was there to, to go to work and, and, mm. you know, um, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't teach him any lesson at all. <laughs> I can tell you that That's, I did not yeah. out, out three sectional staff him at all. Yeah. You know, it was it, more, it was more for me. It was definitely for, for your benefit. Yeah. It, it was more for me to prove to myself that even if I was nervous or, or fearful, uh, I still, I still did something like that. So let's go back to the chain fight. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you, you. So one of the reasons I brought up like who's your who's your teacher because I'm trying to picture this fight. Mm-hmm. So you don't have really a bow. That's fine. I'm not. It's not a judgment. It's just like I'm trying to. I'm trying to actually you know, like in my head see this. So you don't really bow. You say hi. You go up to the guy. You shake his hand. You you hug the guy. Mm-hmm. So let's have a good fight. So then you 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 step away and you're how far away? Like three three feet, ten feet. No, I'd say about maybe three to five feet. Okay, so three to five feet. Mm-hmm. Do you do one more last bow, or then you, or no, you just stare no, at each so, other. No, so what you do with the fight starts after you tap sticks. Okay. You go one, two, uh-huh. fight starts. Ah, oh. once you do one, two, yeah, then so so that would be the official universal. The fight's about to start. Once you tap sticks, timer goes. That's like a tapping of the gloves yes yeah. yes so that would be the more yeah that would be the more universal okay um way to start the fight yeah although like when you tap gloves you in my in my perspective that's that's only done in sparring but for whatever reason the ufc seem to kind of popularize tapping gloves during a fight it's hmm. like i didn't know that you know i just thought it was the norm for like no MMA fighters, you're not, you, i mean when i when i was practicing kickboxing and stuff mm-hmm. you don't tap gloves at a fight oh that's interesting you tap gloves with your partners and stuff when you're sparring hmm. you know yeah those are those are your homies those are your friends yeah, yeah you, those are those are the guys you're tapping gloves with i did not know that that's interesting yeah i remember man dude there was this one cat um i even told him i said dude like i don't because he asked me he's like okay so when i tap gloves i'm like dude i don't know about tapping gloves yeah yeah like you don't tap gloves, you know. Like I, you want to tap gloves. I know that you will see that everybody's tapping gloves and shit. But if you want to do that, go ahead. But if I'd be careful, like go out there, stick your hand out, right, and you ask the guy, hey, you know, are we gonna tap gloves? You like you signal him, hey, you're gonna tap gloves, and the other guy will be like yes or no, right? And yeah. so like at this particular fight, like it's a long story, but uh, I this guy he was, you know, he 
you know, he asked me to corner him. I had no right to be his cornerman. But, like, at the same time, he had nobody cornering him. Mm. Like, nobody was helping this guy. So I felt sorry for him, right? That's one part of it. The other part, too, is just like, this dummy took a fight. He didn't get ready for it. He had a whole bunch of other shit coming his way. And so and then he still wanted to do the fight. I said, nah, dude, you should fucking pull out, mm. right? Mm. So, like, I even tried to, like, scare him into not taking the fight. And I said, okay, well, you know, you need to get... You need to have a few hard sparring sessions. You haven't been coming to practice. Hmm. So, like, why don't you come this day or in this day and we'll spar hard? So, I fucking kicked his ass. <laughs> oh, man. I kicked his ass. I said, okay, look, you're, you're doing MMA. I don't really know him. At the time, I didn't know any MMA. Look, I just know kickboxing and boxing. I'm like, like, try to take me down. Do whatever you're going to do. Because he was a perp- like a blue belt, hmm. supposedly. Hmm. So this guy, he shoots on me. I sprawl because I wrestled in high school, so I know how to sprawl. So I sprawled, and then I shovel shovel hooked the shit out of his out of his ribs. Yeah. And dude, like, man, dude, I I I put that guy down like three four times, and I was like, dude, you should. And I told him, I told him, you should not take this fight. Mm. And he still fucking took it. Like mm. he called me, he's like, dude, I'm gonna go to the fight. Are you gonna come? I need someone to wrap my hands. Oh man, that's a lot of responsibility at that moment. You're like, yeah, oh, I was just man. like, fuck, bro. All right, <laughs> fine. You know, so like, I like, all right. So I go to the gym. I pick up the wraps. I pick up the fucking the tape. I pick up everything. Get the bucket with all the shit. Mm. And half of the shit I don't know how to use. Because I mean, I, I like again, like he asked me to corner. I'm like, dude. I told him like, I'm not a cornerman. I don't know half of what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. Somebody should be with me. You know. Yeah. So then, like, I go. I go to this fight, and I and. So we had that conversation. I said, dude, when you fucking, you know, I don't think you should tap gloves. You want to tap gloves? Fine. But fucking signal to the other guy you're going to tap you're gloves. You're going to do it. Yeah, yeah. So we get to the fight, right? And this, uh, the, his Brazilian coach shows up. And he's his Brazilian jiu-jitsu coach shows up. And he he was, he was he's like a stern cat, right? Hmm. And so it was it was like he was not... He was like worried for him, but he was also like pissed at me. And I'm like, dude, what did I do? Right. I mean, you, know? you, you tried letting the guy know, hey, yeah. it's not a good idea. Yeah. So then, like, <laughs> we go, like, we go into the fucking ring, or we go out to the to the to the crowd. And the crowd, there's like 300 people there. Oh. All of them, like half of them, are like his friends. Oh. And they're like, ah, the doors <laughs> open. Yeah. And the, they go fucking nuts ah oh, and i'm like holy shit <laughs> like I, I i would imagine for him like oh my god this is so cool now this is real for me now yeah yeah and for, and for me i was just like oh shit <laughs> i'm like this guy's gonna get murdered in front of his friends oh so then i was like oh fuck right so i like and me i don't really know like uh, i've been to amateur mma fights but they look nothing like what they look like when i was fighting amateur mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. like these cats like you can't tell the amateurs from the professionals. Sure, it was not like that when I was fighting. <laughs> yeah, you know there was cats fucking eating a Big Mac in the corner. Oh my god! You know what I'm saying? That's like, great. Like you know, they're in in between rounds. There was a cat who'd go to the fucking corner and be like, "Let me have my Big Mac." And <laughs> oh, he man. sat down, he get fucking water, and then take a bite out of his Big Mac and go and finish the fight. That's crazy. But like this cat. Like everybody at MMA fights, they all look like pros. Yeah, they're yeah. all fucking ripped. Yeah. They're all like fucking. It's like you can't play this game. Well, so all right. So so just to add to that, we're starting to see. I feel in the last couple of years, 
fighters like that now stick fighters you're like damn that's a big dude like yeah. all the muscle popping out yeah you know what i mean because usually you know there there's people that come that are in shape but then you now you got the guys that are like in considerable shape they're athletes yes they're not just like joe schmo <laughs> and i my friend am no athlete yes you know. yeah well i mean our our athletic days are behind us right i mean the the those I mean that I'm not that guy at all. I never really was, but I'm not that guy at all now, you know. So like yeah, to yeah. see these cats like totally fucking jacked. Yeah. I was just like, fuck, when do you have the time? How are you doing this? You know, <laughs> like where are you getting the funding? You know, yeah, like yeah. but like um but anyway, like so I show up at this place, the you know, the doors open, and this guy is all like ready and he's like excited right yeah you know and he but should he, be but still but yeah. he had like maybe fucking five sparring sessions uh, in like the th the three months right and this mm. guy can't punch mm. you know so then we get we fucking the crowd goes nuts right this guy <laughs> walks out he's all fucking happy you know he's like gonna fight and so um he takes all this shit off right and i'm grabbing all this shit right so yeah. I'm, I'm picking it up and he he runs up into the into the cage right and so, and this is the part where I'm kind of fuzzy. Okay. I had to tell, people had to tell me what happened. Okay. Right. Yeah. So his jujitsu wrestling coach or jujitsu uh, uh, coach was standing next to me. Hmm. Right. And so he's like moving around the cage, yelling shit. Right. And so I'm like, oh, well, he's got his shit on here. Right. So I, I bend down yeah. to pick up his, all his shit to get it out of the way because there's like ring girls and all this other shit going on right. around the, the cage, right. right? So I'm like, fuck. So I bend down. <laughs> oh, man. I bend down and I missed the whole fucking fight. Oh, come on. Bro, bro. Oh, I fucking, man. <laughs> I, see the, I see the guy. I didn't even see the guy get in the cage. I saw the guy. He took off his shoes. He took off all this shit. I was holding his shirt and all this shit. And he runs off. And I see him step onto the fucking staircase, uh, staircase to get into the cage. Yeah. So then I'm going to pick this shit up. So I turn around and I pick the stuff up. And then all of a sudden, oh. That was like, it. Oh, my God. God. I'm like, what happened? What happened? And the oh. crowd was pissed. Oh. And I'm like, what the fuck happened? And he's like, he's 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 out. He's out. And I'm like, he's out. What the fuck like, happened? Oh, he's out. Yeah. Dude, I was down there for like whoa, half a second. How can he be out? Oh the God. bell didn't even, did the bell even <laughs> ring? Like, what the fuck? So then I look up and what happened was, uh, apparently what happened was, uh, <laughs> He he signaled to the guy, let's tap gloves. Yeah. And the guy signaled back, yeah, let's let's tap gloves, mm. right? Mm. So then this guy walks to the center of the ring with his hand out, and the other guy punches over his hand. Oh man. Doesn't doesn't tap gloves, punches over his hand oh. and knocks him down to the ground or something. Yeah. And then at that point, he jumps on him. He gets a fucking uh, a guillotine mm. and puts him in the guillotine and he goes out. And that was it. And oh. then the, the, what I saw was the jujitsu Brazilian coach yelling, he's out, he's out. Look at what he did. And I'm like, fuck, what, I didn't do nothing. Because of the guy, just, you know, like, and so then he runs into the cage and grabs dude's legs and, sh and shakes his legs to wake him up. Yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> what, what happened? I, I look away for a second. For a second. But you know what? And that makes sense that it played out like that. I mean, it sounds like the guy was so concerned about, let me touch the hands and, and, and where you warned him, yeah. you know, this is not the UFC. Yeah. You're, you're, yeah. And I've seen that. I've seen that happen. You yeah. Know? 
Oh man, poor guy. Was, well, learning experience for him, you know. But for him, that was probably the best way for him to lose mm. because he it ended fast. He didn't really get hurt. Mm, that's a good you know? point. Yeah. And he saved face in front of all his friends. Because of the way the knockout, or at least yeah. the punch came. Yeah, because now he can say, he can say, well, the guy cheated. Cheap shot at me. Yeah, yeah. right. Well, yeah. That, you know what? Then it was meant to be like that yeah. for that dude. He he got lucky because yeah. he was going to lose. Mm. And he, he was, probably would have lost really bad. Then. He probably would have gotten his fucking face caught up and stuff. Um, Afterwards, dude hung out for like three hours. And he never took his hand wraps off. Oh, man. So he wasn't there then. He was... No, 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 no. He he was fine. Okay. But he was like, he didn't want to take him off. Because he, you know, because he was a fighter. Ah, uh, You know what I'm saying? I get it. Yeah. You know, yeah. he's just like, now he's got his hand wraps. I'm like, dude, you should take those off. Yeah. Like, I told him, like, dude, you should take those off. And he's just like, why? I'm like, dude, the fight's been over for like two hours, <laughs> yeah, bro. Yeah. We're like, what? <laughs> like, they're not, they're not gonna keep your hands warm, man. right? It's dude, over, dude. It's over, dude. Oh, like, yeah. I was like, oh, dude, you, oh, I felt so bad for that cat, man. But um, well, well, did he fight again after that, or was that it? I don't know. I haven't talked to him since. Mm, that I'd was be like curious to, yeah. I, I, if, if you, I don't know. Yeah. If. If I had to take a guess, I'd probably say he he didn't he didn't fight again. Mm. You know, I don't know, man. But that that shit was fucking crazy, bro. <laughs> that shit was crazy. But like um, another another knockout fight like that that I saw was uh, I went to see my coach fight, mm. right? And uh, dude, it was funny, dude, because like um, I I drove out, man. It was a far ass drive, and I was all by myself. I got some nachos, yeah, right? Yeah. I was hanging out, you know, like I see some friends, you know, from the gym and be like, hey, what's up? You know, so we sit down, we talk, you know. And so I'm like, I'm going to go get me some nachos, right? So I get up, I walk over to the fucking, like a dork, you know, over to the nacho stand and get me some nachos and a soft drink, right? So I go back up into the, into the bleachers because it was like at some high school gym or something. And But it's a professional fight. Yeah. They just were using the uh, the venue. Yeah, yeah. They were just using the venue. So, I, I, uh, I'm walking up the steps, and then I hear that you know the fight start. I'm like, oh shit! <sighs> yeah. There's there you know there's there's my coach right. So I look and I start watching the fight right. So I'm not even sitting down yet right. So I'm like I'm like fucking <laughs> with your nachos with my nachos <laughs> dipping and not li- watching where I'm dipping and fucking probably getting cheese on everybody and stuff. <laughs> but I'm like, you know, eating, right? Standing but eating, you know, like in the bleachers. And uh meanwhile, like the two there's he has two corner men, right? And and one guy was like, "No, look. You know, in between rounds, I'm going to take the bucket. I'm going to jump in and I'm going to talk to him. I'm going to tell him what to do. You're going to put you're going to put the stool out mm. and you're going to give me all the other shit. Mm. And the other guy's like, no, no, fuck that. Hold on. You know, I'm going to take the bucket. I'm going to jump in there. I'm going to talk to him. You put the stool out and give me the shit. Mm. Like, give me all the stuff I need, like the ice pack and, you know, the the uh, the iron stuff, you know, the, that metal iron that, to, to do for the, the press, swelling, for the swelling, the, the compress. Yeah, yeah. He's just like, hey, you know, like, no, 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 no. And they're sitting there arguing. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. They're arguing about who's going to get in the ring and who's not, right? And so meanwhile, I'm I'm standing up in the bleachers. Bing, bing. You know, like the fucking fight starts, right? And then I see the guy come out of the corner. And I see right away, I'm like, oh, this guy looks frumpy. You know, like mm. he's like, bleep, bleep, bleep. like he looks like, like jello coming out of the fucking, 
out of the corner. I'm like, oh, this is not going to go well. Hmm. You know, like right off the bat, I'm like, oh, <laughs> this guy is not going to do well against coach. You know? So then, dude, they get, they meet in the middle and then boom, my coach drops him with a fucking right hand. That's it. And that's it. And it was, it was over. He hit him and he, it was weird, dude. It was like a cartoon. <laughs> he hit him and cause like, my coach, he, he's sharp, right? He looks sharp. He looks strong. He's intense. He's bomb. He looks like a fighter, yeah, right? Yeah. He hits, he hits this cat and this dude pops up. Like he jumps, he like hit, he, he jumps up, up in his feet, mm. lands on his feet again mm. and then collapses. Oh, man. And I was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> and it was over. And I had not even finished my first nacho, you know? Oh, that's great. And then, that is great. Meanwhile, the guys in the corner are like, what the fuck happened? Yeah. They missed the whole fight. They, they were arguing, with, they were each arguing other. with each other about the stool and shit. <laughs> and so then they had to watch the fight on videotape. They had the best seat in the house. And they missed it. And they missed the whole fucking thing. Mm. Just like I did, because mm. I was messing with dude's shoes, <laughs> you know. But like this guy's been playing with the buckets, and all. no, no, you got the bucket, I got the stool. No, you got the stool, you know. In a blink of an eye, it was it, over. It was over. Fifteen seconds, I think it was. Wow, fifteen, twelve oh, that's seconds. Pretty good. Yeah, it was. It was. It was funny because. The 15 seconds was really just them leaving the corner. Right. Meeting in the, in the center. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then we're out. But anyway, enough about that. Let me. So I have to ask, when you had that chain fight, mm -hmm. again, I'm trying to imagine. So you, you, you hug it out, you three feet away, and then someone's, you, you, so you don't have sticks to tap. No. So it, did man. you tap chains? Mm, I think in this case, I think we did touch gloves. I, I'm, I'm trying to, it was such a long time ago. I want to say we did something, but you're right. There was no chain, no chain tapping. Uh -huh. um, and you don't have to imagine it. it there's footage. Of, oh, of there's footage. Part. Do you have it online? Uh, if you go on the Dog Brothers YouTube. Uh -huh. um, Can you send me like, that? I will. It, it, so it, it was a highlight of the day. Okay. And there's bits and pieces that all of a sudden pop up and uh -huh. stuff. And yeah, I, I can I can send that send to you. Send it yeah. to me, man. I would love to like link to it and stuff. But so okay, so then so then describe it to me anyway though. So then in the middle of the fight, you you swing this chain, you hit this guy, and you hit him in the head. So so because of the way the fencing mask uh is created there's openings in the back of the head, like on the sides. Uh-huh. So the fencing mask covers the face then there's like a metal part that can help tighten it's almost like a mohawk uh -huh. it goes straight down the middle you can you can help that tighten uh then you have your straps uh, in the back of the head but there's this space on the left side and the right side of this metal object uh -huh. so i'm assuming at some point i must have swung the chain uh -huh. you know and it it found its mark right in between uh, you know that open area that makes sense because the chain would probably it wrapped you know, wrapped around yeah. right yeah so then like so then you like did it happen immediately you hit him in the in the head or whatever and then he stopped no or no, did we, he keep going we, and then we fought until the two minutes were up and dude was, hugged it out said man that was a great fight thanks for the experience uh -huh. he took his fencing mask off and that's when all the blood just kind of started to fuck gush out and he was smiling dude which i you know i love yeah. that guy because you know yeah he he was i he was enjoying the moment man so then the blood was gushing so like so you caught him in that space yeah yeah 
That's crazy with the chain and that cut him open. Yeah, but you didn't break anything. It was no, just a, no, it was just a. It was just a. a he a, get a again. You know, I don't know how many stitches, but he had to get a, a maybe three stitches. Okay, that's not too um, bad. But that's a. It sounds like it was a lot of blood. And we're, we're again we're talking about perspective during after a fight. You know, mm. the adrenaline's going. Maybe it wasn't that much. Mm. I remember some of it got on the mat, and we had to clean it up. Uh. You know, but it, it to me it looked like it was dripping, uh-huh. like it was literally just kind of. Well, the other thing too is it's like okay, you may have caught him like in the middle of the match. Yeah, I, I, and then that all that blood started. Could have just been. You're right. Yeah, yeah. It could have just been sitting there. Um, and it's interesting too for that fight. I was practicing in the alley where I would wrap the chain around my my glove. Yeah, and I would kind of walk back, hide my hand, and I don't want to share too much in case I get to use this again. But let's <laughs> see how it goes. I'd wrap it. Uh-huh. I'd be circling back, kind of uh, baiting him, uh-huh. an attack by draw type of situation. Uh-huh. So when he got close enough, I would then come almost, I don't want to say a Superman punch, but I rush him and I punch him. I would punch him like two or three times. I was able to pull this off, I think two to three times Ah. during the fight where I would just kind of circle back, circle back. This hand's wrapping the other one. He with can't the really see it. He couldn't see it. Yeah, yeah. And he's swinging his, his chain coming at me. And then that's when I wait for the moment to pop up and could have been that moment uh-huh. that maybe cut him open i i couldn't tell you because there's no way of really pinpointing it so there's this is interesting so like like what you're describing is kind of like like there could be this whole series of techniques that is just sitting in there that you that are yet to be discovered because nobody's really kind of trying this stuff out except for you guys. Well, all right, and, and in that sense, when you say you don't have a, a you know a master there who's with you every day training you, I mean, my Punan guru is in California now. Yeah. He relocated to a different area, uh-huh. so we don't have like yeah you know, what you were saying was make, making sense. I don't have that sense that I can say hey you know although craft is always available uh-huh. you know you have any questions on the material. Uh, that that you're working on, let uh. me know. He'll correct it. I can send him video. But with a chain or the three-sectional staff, that was just pretty much how I felt the weapon worked for me. Uh-huh. So the idea of wrapping my hand with a chain just came into my head. And I'm uh. like, is it going to work? I don't fucking know. There's only one way to find out. Yeah. And it's trying it. And it worked two or three times. Dude. I'll give you another example. When I first uh, started working with the staff, uh-huh. uh, we had, I think that was a beat the crap out of cancer, and we flew Punan Guru to come and, and watch us and be our, our ringmaster. Uh, I fought a, a, another good friend of mine, Taki, who's, who's uh, from Michigan. That's, that's my, my, my rival. Um, and another guy <laughs> out there, uh, Ken, Ken LaFleur, uh-huh. he's more like the yin to my yang. Like We're very similar in uh-huh. how we fight and stuff. And, and, uh, but Taki, you know, he's, he's my rival, and we had some good, good fights. Um, and I remember I was practicing with the staff where I would run towards him, plant the staff and do like a front kick. <laughs> I fucking pulled it off. <laughs> even, even, uh, Punan Crafty is like, I can't believe that actually worked. You know, we're all excited. Like, Oh, again, because we were having fun, Yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah, know, yeah. And, and I was able to pull it off and it was so cool. And then, you know, I, I like to see things and, and see if I can, you know, use it yeah um i always say you're, you're limited only by your imagination mm. you know obviously you don't want to get too crazy but yeah i like trying different things out that's interesting even even with the whip yeah. nobody taught me how to use the whip i would look online how do you snap it uh-huh. you know uh, i started doing one where i would snap it behind the back like a, a towel yeah, yeah, yeah. so I, i'd snap it behind the back i'd snap it up here you know um 
Just trying it, to... In that sense, then yes, I'm self-taught because I didn't go to anyone, hey, show me the, the staff. Uh-huh. You know, although there's there's footage, there, there's uh, techniques that uh, Crafty Dog has on staff. Mm-hmm. But at first, I like playing with it. Then I look at the material. Oh, okay, this makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and just figure it out. And, and it just comes out. I was reading the book. I can't remember who it was. But it was on jujitsu. It was on Kali, mm. and the and it was funny because he was like, he was like, I grew up on, like my dad taught me how to do eskrima, mm. but like he didn't teach me like angle one, angle two. It was just like, you know, he gave me the stick and we fought, and he yeah. would hit me, yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> and that was it. Like that's <laughs> there was no angles, and I'm like, what the fuck, right, you know? Right. So then like. Like that was like page three of, of some book I had downloaded because it was like I, I have like Amazon on Kindle and whatever like that free like you pay like whatever and then sure. you can like borrow whatever they have in their in the library yeah so it was one of those cheapy books so I was like I picked it up and I looked at it and I, and I remember I got to like fourth page and that said that and I was <laughs> yeah. like fuck I don't need this book <laughs> like like the book was worth having right just for those for those first three pages because i was like fuck mm-hmm. that means i can do whatever the fuck i want with this stick you know well, you know the stick you know it, it's a stick it's a stick you know and and, and it, there's a, a video they have out there um where they say the dog brothers say it's like you know possibly the first tool you know the mm. first weapon um a hunting it, tool yeah, yeah but it's a stick you know and and with with uh stick fighting arts or, or, you know, again, the different names, different styles. Uh, the stick also represents a machete, uh-huh. you know, represents the knife, um, things of, of that nature. But in a real context, stick fight, it's a stick. Yeah. Swing it accordingly. Yeah. You know, nowhere to hit, know your, like you say, your angles, uh, dog brothers keeps it more, it keeps it simple because every system, sometimes their angles after like angle five, it's, you know a different Crazy a different technique. Yeah. You know the you know this could be the the thrust could be the angle five or the thrust to the face could be an angle five. Yeah. So instead of saying angle one, it's like forward diagonal. Mm-hmm. Instead of angle two, it's uh, backhand diagonal. Yeah. You know horizontal strikes, backhand yeah. horizontal forehand. So it keeps it simple. Yeah. You know so that we're all on the same page. Anyone that practices the Dog Brothers um, martial arts. Oh, so so. <sighs> You know, mentioning some people that have different styles and they may not even train Dog Brother uh, uh, martial arts. Mm-hmm. You know, Dog Brother martial arts is different from the Dog Brothers uh, gathering of the pack. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, because again, it's open 21. But when I mentioned a uh, Kung Fu dog who, you know, Kung Fu and Jiu Jitsu doesn't really train the Dog Brother martial arts. He's contributed to it. Yeah. You know, with his Jiu Jitsu game. Um, but, but, you know, you kind of just learn or you earn your place within the tribe. Uh-huh. Not necessarily has to be. It could be a PTK guy. We have a lot of PTK guys uh, as well. What's and a that's PTK a different guy? That's a different style uh, of Filipino martial arts. Oh, okay. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's still, you know, I've been told uh, that PTK is what the military uses oh, uh, really? in the Philippines. Um, you know, has that changed? I, I have no idea at this point in time. I have friends that practice PTK. <clears throat> uh, there's Illustrissimo, which I kind of like uh, Illustrissimo. Uh, that, the sword they use is called a, a Sansabar. And um, my Jeet Kune Do instructor um, showed us a few things. Mm. And in Dog Brothers Martial Arts, we have what's called the Illustrissimo cross step, where you pretty much just get your leg out of the way, right? Uh-huh. 
<clears throat> instead of having to block those low strikes, you just get the leg out of the way. Why am I going to drop my stick and expose my IQ in my head uh, when I can get knocked out in that way? That's That sounds smart. But, like, also you got to have the speed and the footwork for that kind of stuff. So, like, I could see maybe if you're a bigger guy having trouble and you would maybe. need that that stick to block. But, I mean... Honestly, what you're what you're describing makes more sense. Yeah, I mean, so so you know, again, um, just the differences, uh, you know, with Dog Brother Martial Arts and, and the Dog Brothers, the tribe and and stuff like that. Um, but it, it, overall, I mean, it, it's it's a brotherhood. You know, it, it it's a lot of fun. You meet a lot of interesting people, um, and the women also fight. It's not just men. Uh-huh. Uh, some of the fights that I've seen women do, like unbelievable. There's women. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's women. Is there involved. a lot of women? If if I were to give you a number, and I'm I'm just kind of making an approximate number. If if there's a hundred fighters, maybe twenty women. Okay, maybe that sounds about right, just in general when it comes to martial arts. Yeah. So like uh, the I told you the one of the reasons I contacted you to begin with was like I started getting into Pokemon. Well, first of all, like. Um, a while back, uh, I signed up the family for one of the martial arts gyms by here. Mm-hmm. And we're no longer there, but um, one of the things that I would end up doing on the weekends is me and some of the other jiu-jitsu dads, we'd all get together. Yeah. And we'd hang out on the weekends with our kids, mm. right? And we would practice and the kids would play and then we'd give the wives a break. Sure. You know, but the kids would be with Which us. Which is smart, by the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it earned me a lot of points. Good. But like, um, but also like you got the kids out of the house, got the kids practicing martial arts or jujitsu or whatever we felt like practicing at the time. And then, um, uh, but then we would get to practice too. Like mm. we would roll a little bit. Right? Yeah, yeah. But um, one of the, one of the things I, I did was I wanted to make sure that they practiced a little stick fighting. Mm. And like I told you, like, oh, you know, I don't I don't need to know too much. I can just let the kids whack each other with the sticks and <laughs> yeah. they'll figure out how to block, right? Right, right. So I got these foam sticks that I used to take with us. They're mm. over in the corner over there. But mm. like um but we would take these sticks, we'd go to the gym and we'd you know, we'd whack each other with them, right? And mm-hmm. so I wouldn't hit them too hard, but you know, towards the end they were getting pretty good at hitting me, man. <laughs> yeah. They were, because one of the things that I was doing was, and I also got a few things. Like I got these foam swords, like mm. these Nerf foam swords. Yeah. So they would get the foam swords and like, it was, sometimes it was just the two kids. Like my, it was just me and my, my kids. Yeah. And we'd give them the sticks and we practice before people could show up, you know? And so I would have them come at me, right? But then at, it came to a point where the two kids were overwhelming me <laughs> and i was doing like all the stuff that you're supposed to do when you're self-defending you know like you're you're, you're trying to line them up so sure. that they you know yep, yep. they don't surround you and exactly all that what nothing. you're talking about yeah that shit was not working mm. <laughs> you know i was running <laughs> but they were figuring they had figured it out right mm. and they they were they were surrounding me constantly and or switching places and whatnot mm. and kicking the shit out of me <laughs> with the sticks yeah and it was funny because at one point like one of the one of the, the instructors at the gym is just like, um, so uh, what's your name? You know, I'm like, oh, you know, my name is this, you know, blah blah blah. So he's like, why are you, uh, what are you doing over there? Hmm. I'm like, I see you with the dads all the time. You guys, 
is that a class? Hmm. I'm like, no, it's just us. We're just hanging out, you know? Oh, I see you with the sticks. What are you doing with the sticks? Hmm. You know something? I'm like, oh, I don't know anything. I read this book. <laughs> I got to page three. It said I could do whatever I want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he was like, ha, 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 ha. So you're not teaching him anything? I'm like, no, I just give him the sticks and we hit, we kick the shit and out of each other. It. Yeah, yeah. And so like, <laughs> but I, you know, I quickly learned and, and I've told the kids this, like if, you know, first of all, if you ever get in a situation, you run, right? Mm -hmm. And if you can't run and you have to grab a stick mm -hmm. because between the two of you, you can overwhelm an adult. Yeah. Like seriously, them two. Because they practice enough, right? They kick the shit out of an adult, well, and with they've sticks. created strategy without even maybe even talking to each other. They just knew and they felt like, oh, this makes sense. Yeah, let's surround him this way. Let's yeah. switch sides or whatnot. Yeah, and you're right. You know, giving them a weapon, it's an equalizer. Yeah, kids versus an adult, they're gonna need something. Yeah, yeah. and I even had a stick. Mm. Like I, I had a foam stick. They had their own sticks. Yeah. And they were still too much for me. Hmm. Right. Also, like I think it, you know, we would do different things. We had our own little version of the Dog Brothers. Yeah. So like, you know, I give them like they, you know, they'd either have a foam sword or a stick or both, you know, or one of each or two of each or whatever, right? So yeah. like they never had the same tool. Hmm. And they were always like kicking the shit out of each other or us. But then like eventually the other kids would show up hmm. and everybody would get a sword. Nice. Or everybody, get everybody a stick. started getting involved. And everybody started getting involved. So like you couldn't give them the sticks because the sticks hurt too much. Mm. We would give them all the Nerf stuff. Yeah, Everybody perfect. had a Nerf sword and they'd all be fucking <laughs> slicing each other up. But like, you know, I don't think they realized, you know, you guys are kind of practicing self-defense, you know, right, like, because right. they're running around. First of all, I, I think you've been to this gym in particular that I'm talking about. Mm. Which, uh, which one the, the donner's grove uh ufc gym. oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah so I like there. i i think i saw the the uh, like you a post a picture yeah so like they were running around using that giant space the mat space and they were like they were <laughs> developing strategies and they were taking there was this one set of twins they they worked together really well, hmm. so that they were they were like constantly defending each other. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it that's was really cool. interesting. Hmm. You know, because they were like you know fighting as a pair, right? You know, and I was like, what the fuck? It, it was even with my kids that fought with each other like together on a usual basis. Yeah, couldn't do anything with them. Well, so so. You know, as the as the kids are, are developing their own strategies, I mean, that's not just a learning experience for them, but but for you as well, or an observer. Yeah. You know, one thing that dog, dog brothers say is, um, if, if you see it taught, you see it fought, you see it fought, you see it taught, right? Mm -hmm. You want to make sure that we're not just teaching certain drills that will not transfer over to fighting. So when you're seeing your kids developing the strategy and it's working in the fight, I would teach that. Yeah. You know, I I would then be like, oh, they got something going on here. Yeah, it, it it's it looks legit. It's working on me. Yeah, let me start writing this stuff down. Yeah, you know what? Which angle is the boy coming at? Which angle is a girl coming at? When do they switch? Where are they striking me at? Mm. Because you might have something here for kids. Yeah, because you're right. Give a kid a weapon against an adult, whether the adult has a weapon or not. Yeah, but it's two against one. Yeah, and their strategy, it's just coming out. I mean, how did martial arts come about? You know, somebody Trial had to figure, yeah, somebody had to figure something out. Like, hey, this works. Yeah. You know, and, and you see it fight, you see it totter again, vice versa. 
Um, I think you might have something going on there. That's I think, legit. I think it's. I, I, it was fun for them. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it wasn't like it was just one one part of it was me wanting them to get interested in just all the different martial arts, right? Because we got kickboxing, uh, the boxing. We got you know the jujitsu. My son loves the jujitsu. My daughter likes it too, but my son really, really likes jujitsu. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, my son does not like the stick fighting. Mm. He can be good at it, and he will do certain things, but he doesn't like it. Yeah, he and it, it breaks my heart. <laughs> well, <laughs> you, know? you know, but at, le- at least he likes he, he does like the jujitsu. He know? likes the jujitsu. There's a lot to that too. He likes the jujitsu. He likes the boxing. He 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 doesn't much care for kicking. Not really. Mm. Oh, he does, but. Jiu-jitsu is really where he gravitates. Uh, my daughter likes the striking. Uh, I think she likes the striking a little more than the jujitsu sometimes. Hmm. But like, uh, she's okay with the stick fighting. She finds it fun. Yeah, you know. But uh, my son hates it, and I was just like, "Come on, man!" <laughs> you know, like um, I think part of the problem too is, is like we don't have that giant safe area anymore, mm. and like this space is too small for right, for, for, for all that swinging sticks. Yeah. So like uh, w- if we do it, we do it outside, and when we're outside, we usually just do patterns with them. Yeah. So I'd be like, okay, here's a pattern, do this pattern, do that pattern, and I don't know a lot of them, right? So they're already bored. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, with patterns, it, it's all repetition and that hand-to-eye coordination, and what can you take away from that pattern that you could actually use in a fight? Mm-hmm. You know, because ideally, when you're fighting, you may or may not use that pattern. Yeah, you know, it may or may not come out. Um, disarms don't always come out either. When you're someone swinging at 100, percent you're thinking you're going to disarm. Yeah, there's no way. They, those usually happen accidentally. Yeah, you know, it was Dan and Insano who said that uh, that when you're fighting like a, a real like a screamador, you're not going to be fucking disarming them. They're yeah. too fast. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So I was like, huh. So, uh, but like. Uh, but, oh, but one of the reasons I reached out to you was because I started getting into because I was I was outside and I'm, I resorted to like trying to teach them patterns. So I mm-hmm. wanted to learn new patterns. Sure. And that's why I taught. I asked you. I was just like, "What do you think of this Pacamac guy, mm-hmm. Felix Rollis mm-hmm. or Royal Royless?" And you're like, "Oh, he looks good. You know, like he looks cool." You know, I'm like, "Okay." So then I went and bought his stuff. Yeah. And so I've been watching it and like going through the course, and it's cool. You know, it's nice to have like okay because. Like when I learned stick fighting, I didn't get very far. And at one point, uh, this particular system had um, 12 angles, mm. right? Mm. I only know the first four. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe the first five or six. I don't know. But like, um, but yeah, I don't remember most of it anymore. What was the style? I believe it was the style that was that, because uh, it was a Chikundo school mm. and they were kind of part of the. Um, uh, Dan and Sato school. Okay. So it, it's whatever that system is. Yeah. Well, he, he teaches quite a bit. Yeah. Um, so like, uh, I just know that angle one is this way. Mm-hmm. Angle two is the other way. Mm-hmm. Angle three is up. Angle four is up going the other way. And then it's like angle five is a poke. Mm-hmm. And then angle six, I think is a slash. I forget. But it, like, I know like these are, I know these are legit like angles i just don't know what numbers they are yeah 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 so so with the dog brothers there you know there are no numbers okay you know um there are 
I guess you can say combinations uh-huh. uh, that work against certain fighters, uh-huh. right? So if I got like the double caveman guy, that's I know where he's going to swing, where that's coming from. Uh-huh. I can set it up where I can do, you know, a, a combination or, mm-hmm. or, or pull out a technique. Um, when you have a guy that is more of like that boxer where he's got that lead over here and this one kind of blocks or jabs, the front one uh, blocks or jabs, uh-huh. and the rear is the one where the power is going to come from, you uh-huh. know? You st- Dog Brothers and, and Crafty has developed ways to fight guys like that, you know, and, and, and he continues to, to come up with different, different ideas, different, um, strategies, strategies. So, so there's strategies. It's not, it's not like, let me drill with you this way. And you know, one, two, three, four, one. No, it's like, Hey, give me this feed. Mm -hmm. I want you to swing through. Let me work on my strategy Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, drill it, drill it, drill it. So that when we're sparring, I'm going to try to pull it off. Not more of a live you know, real time type of thing. That makes uh, a hell of a lot more sense. Also, what you were describing in terms of angles, you said that there weren't angles they have. They describe the angle. So it's like a forehand strike coming correct. knuckles up or whatever. Correct. So how correct. would you how would you describe like an angle one, like a traditional? Because everybody's angle one is this, but how would so, you so, describe that? Well, you know, and, and I'll, I'll go away from the Dog Brothers for a second. The way I describe it is more of an X pattern. You're going to give me an X pattern, and it always starts going forward. Mm. You know, I'll say it's a forward diagonal, backhand diagonal. That's how the dog brothers describe it. Okay. But for people to really understand and visualize it, uh. I'll call it an X pattern. And I, I'm sure a lot of people do that too. Yeah. But, you know, keep it as an X pattern. Horizontal is straight across. Horizontal. Uh-huh. Vertical, you know, coming down. Uh-huh. Um, more of an uppercut or a figure eight yeah. type of motion. Uh I'm a very simple mind. So the simpler it is for me, it's easier for me to remember. Yeah, yeah. And I find that that's easier for me to teach it as well. It's also easier to execute because mm-hmm. if you complicate it, right? There's right. too many steps, too many weird things going on with it. It's there, it's going to be hard to pull off. Yeah, right. right. So, the, so, so the less you have to think, you know, obviously there's some thinking involved in fighting, but to me, fighting is chaotic. It's organic. You may have an idea of your combinations, but... It might not happen. You might not be able to pull it off. Mm-hmm. Don't get, don't overload yourself with A through Z. Just have A, B, and C. If A doesn't work, obviously go to B. If that doesn't work, go to C. If C doesn't work, go back to A. Yeah. Go back to B. Jump around. Mm. Keep it as simple as possible. And and let the body do what it wants to do or needs to do, right? Like the muscle memory too comes out. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, fights are very, to me at least, are organic and chaotic and they're ever evolving and you need to be aware of the different ranges of fighting. Mm. It's the stick fighting. <clears throat> it starts off, you know, with this big bubble, that space. Okay. I'm looking at your movement. You're looking at mine. I'm trying to understand how you move. That way I have an idea, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> That's uh, the probing range or snake range. Okay. Yeah? Now we break into that bubble and now our sticks can actually connect. Now we're at, at long range or largo range, right? Yeah. As you get to the middle, you're at mid range. As you get in, into corto range or short range, uh-huh. you know, now we're more looking at the puño. Uh-huh. Uh, then you have the clinch range. Then there's a lot that could be done with the stick at that range where you're wrestling. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, the last range is the ground. So I think I mentioned seven, like seven different ranges mm-hmm. within the Dog Brothers. But the fight begins at the probing range. Mm. We may just be swinging for the fences just to see how your response is, how you react to that, mm-hmm. right? Before I even come in and make contact with you. Okay. Yeah. Um, in the little bit that I've studied for uh, with the Puckamout, they have similar 
ranges of what you're describing, except they don't have the clinching range. Or at least I haven't gotten to that point. Yeah. But like, uh, but yeah, like he described it like, yeah, long range is touching sticks. And then the next step is um, like you can touch his hand with mm -hmm. your other hand. Mm -hmm. That's mid range. Mm -hmm. And then I forgot how, how he described what uh, close range was. But yeah, the, the, the close range always kind of con like confound like I always it always confused me because hmm. I was like you got a stick like why would you like why first why would you ever even be that close right? sometimes it's an accident sometimes it happens well, well right? so so I'll tell you how this how that uh, hmm. transpires in a fight um, the guy does not like to get hit with the stick and you're getting the best of him yeah. he's gonna crash in with you and clinch okay he's gonna force that fight. Because he's had enough of that stick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and so I'm going to grab one of these sticks here. Uh -huh. And we, we like to have a fist of space from the bottom yeah. to where I'm grabbing onto it. Mm -hmm. Because now this is my puño. Yeah. So at close range, I am now either hammer fisting with the puño. Yeah. And, um, or I can be digging into the body and pressure points uh, in order to control the body and maybe take it to the ground if that's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, but yeah, so the fight can go from it could easily go from the probing range where there's we're not even that close yeah. to all of a sudden dudes just tackling you because he figured, you know what, I'm just going to take it to the ground. Yeah. I'm a jujitsu guy. I've, I have yeah, the stick is my thing, but I feel more confident in my in my Brazilian jujitsu. Yeah. Let me just crash in, take it to the ground, tap him out or use the stick to either submit him or even knock him out on the ground. Yeah. Right. So So again, the fight chaotic and organic i might have a plan i might want to keep my range be the counterfighter uh -huh. but that guy's like no i'm gonna smash into this guy because i know he moves a lot yeah i'm gonna shorten the distance make it my fight take him to the ground and see how it goes from there yeah it's just the but like here's and the other problem that i had with it is not only you know strategy wise why would i allow that to happen but now that's interesting that you bring that up because that that makes that makes a lot more sense but the other issue I had with it, it was, was like, how do I move my stick? Mm. And you just described one perfect way, right? Which is using the puño. But like, how do I move a long weapon like that in such a small space? But I mean, people do it, right? I yeah. Mean, well, <clears throat> if we, if, you know, again, the stick is a stick. Puño and then there's, you know. But, but if it were a blade, if it were a machete, you would have to use it in that close range. You just keep it tighter. Yeah. You know, that's for a blade. Yeah. For the stick, yeah, there's no power yeah. there. But you still have thrusts, yeah. either with the long end of the stick or, again, with the puño. When it comes to movement, you know, um, we have what's called, like, the, the clock, where it's simply moving as a clock. I'm not mm. doing anything flowery. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm not doing, you know, having six or, or whatnot. Yeah. Uh, I just keep it simple. Uh -huh. um, the idea is to keep my, my stick and my hand moving to protect my hand, to hide my intent of when I want to strike, you know. Um, but more importantly, yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to get hit. Every, every, mostly, I shouldn't say every. Uh, from my experience, uh, the concept of defang the snake. Are you familiar with? Oh this? yes, you yeah. you actually taught me. <laughs> Defanging the snake. Okay. Yeah. So, so I've taught the kids defanging is, the snake. You know, and, and that just makes sense to me because, yeah, it, the idea is, you know, if I break the person's hand, if it works, I just, that's an actual disarm right there. Yeah. Now I can attack them, 
you know, uh, with my stick or, or whatnot. Yeah. Um, but for our listeners, the defanging of the snake is basically taking your stick and smashing the person's hand that is holding the weapon. Yeah. So, so disarming the snake, the way I, the way it was introduced to me is like the cobra, uh, you know, and you remove the venom by putting the fangs in the glass or whatnot in the vial and you kind of empty it out. Yeah. So the idea is I want to remove the fang, which is the stick mm-hmm. from my, my opponent or, or whoever I'm, I'm, I'm fighting. Uh, I, my, my target becomes either the stick or the forearm again, damage that in order to get through the stick, because that's the obstacle that I need to get through mm-hmm. in order to hit the individual to yeah. hit the body. Uh, and that transfers over nicely to in, in um, kickboxing as well. Mm. Um, knee destructions. We've seen it in UFC. Yeah, That's defanging the snake. Yes. Blocking with the elbows, having the hand, the hand broken against your elbow, that's, yeah, defang that's, the snake. That's defanging the snake, but it's also, yeah, destruction. Yeah. It's funny that you brought that up because we would, we just talked about it on the last podcast. Mm, is that right? Yeah, mm-hmm. we, we brought, like, uh, I think it was... Uh, Daniel Viana, who brought it up, um, the black belt jujitsu uh, guy. He's like a fifth degree black belt in jujitsu. Oh, wow. He's one of the first, like jujitsu. He's like a, the Johnny Apple seed of jujitsu here in Chicago. Wow. But anyway, like this cat, uh, we we started talking about it, and basically, like I, I mean, Anderson's at first, like the most memorable was Weidman versus Anderson Silva, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. And now it happened to Weidman. How crazy is that? Well. We we chalked it up to kind of karma because uh, I heard in an interview, Wyman referred to it as destruction. Mm, yeah, he says yeah. again, and I did the destruction the first time, and I was like, oh, you you meant to do the destruction, yeah, mm, mm, you know. So mm. you you like I don't know if his intent was to break the leg, but he wanted to hurt him right so that he would throw it again, which yeah. is what he said. You know, mm. you like. But I mean, you don't use a destruction, <laughs> you know? Like, uh, yeah, because that, ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's, so that's he, a career ender. He easily. purposely used destruction. Hmm. He knew what he was doing, although I don't think he meant for it to break. Right, right. But he knew that. What, he, well, he knew what that, it was called. He knew, yeah, yeah, he knew what it could happen. You know, and yeah. that kind of stuff for me is more for the streets, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah, and in a sport, even in the Dog Brothers, I, I would never. Yeah. Do a destruction on my buddy, cause yeah. So so, if you break your toy, you uh, can no longer play with it. Yeah. Right. So I want to maintain my toys as healthy as as possible. Yeah, I don't think I would ever do a destruction, uh, a knee destruction on somebody kicking. I might do a destruction on on somebody punching with their with their gloves, if they're being assholes. <laughs> right. <laughs> you right, know? right. They're like, hey man, you said we we're going light. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. You'll you'll, you'll run into people thing. like that. Right. Right. It's like, destruction. Okay, I'm gonna make sure you you slow it down a little bit. You lighten up, man, because you're gonna learn. You're gonna learn exactly. <laughs> but like, no. But like, I would, yeah, I would never do the leg destruction on anybody, man. That that that's brutal. And you can lose the leg. Sure. Well, yeah. You know. Yeah. But um. Uh, but yeah. So like, uh, one one of the things we thought about was is that maybe it was karma. Hmm. You know, because I don't know if. The destruction that was done on him was on purpose, mm. you know, but it was just like, whoa. yeah, yeah, the odds of that, yeah, you're right, it could have been, could have been karma, man, yeah, fuck, mm. man, but that did look bad, it did look bad. I mean, he caught him twice with it. Oh, Anderson Silva kicked twice, mm. he kicked the first time, Anderson was like, ooh, that hurt, yeah, and then Anderson said, fuck this, I'm gonna throw it again, mm. you know, I'm gonna throw it again, he's not gonna, you know, he's not gonna do it again, and he. Did it that's again? When it snapped. Yeah, and that's why he he did it again. He did it. It's like I'm gonna make him stop. Yeah, 
and then he stopped <laughs> you know <laughs> and then anderson was never the same again no well no that's that's serious injury yeah and weidman is up there in age she's probably you know i don't know yeah the healing factor with age forget it yeah well i mean there's that and then there's yeah there's there's he's on the tail end of his career it's gonna take him a while to like get back and then you know recovery yeah. and all that shit forget it hmm. you know i don't know we'll see what happens with him but it was <laughs> it was gruesome dude yeah but but yeah but that's the fang in the snake that's the fang in the snake. i never thought about it that way yeah yeah that's um so so again you know it may work it may not like i mentioned earlier i've, I've seen friends break their hands and, and, and their pinky or whatnot and yeah. not know it until they take the glove off. Whereas other guys immediately, they can't hold on to the stick, uh-huh. take off the, the glove and, you know, the knuckles smash pretty good, hands broken. Uh, people have broken forearms, collarbones. Mm-hmm. People have gotten knocked out, stitches, you know, people have gotten cut. Yeah. Um, I mean, the danger is real. So how real like is it is it like there's always someone getting hurt at one of these or is it like once in a while Mm, maybe more once in a while i I don't think the damage like that is every single time it's Mm. not Uh but it's the occasional like dang you know it happened yeah i mean it's bound to happen yeah yeah well yeah you're swinging you know weapons that yeah you know they hurt yeah (laughs) they hurt and if they get you in the right spot yeah it's gonna I mean, I mean, break something. when you when you box, you break your nose, right? Yeah, I mean, right. That, sh- that right? shit happens. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't, it doesn't happen, happen all the time. That's you know yeah. what? That's a good comparison. Yeah, it doesn't happen all the time, but it happens. The it danger's happens. real, and yeah. you know, um, no, and I would say no serious injuries have ever happened. You know, people, mm-hmm. yeah, they break something, but that's about it. Yeah, you know, concussed maybe, that's about it. You know, not nothing. When when I say serious, you know, knock on wood, like no one's died from from this type of. Of experience. So, is there any kind of like at these at the big gatherings? Are there any kind of like seminars happening? No, it's just all fighting. It's all fighting. Yeah. Uh, so, there- so another way that we we also learned is we bring you know Crafty to come out and do workshops. Okay. We'll have him do workshops. That's when he sees you live. Uh-huh. Let me see your movement. Let me see this technique. Uh-huh. You know, and he'll tell you, okay, work on it, or hey, that looks pretty good. You look uh-huh. pretty good. Uh, keep learning. So then. Uh, for example, Crafty, does he come to Chicago often? Does he come? Does he come to your place? At- so so he'll he'll come uh, when we invite him to come. Like, you know, we fly him out and, and okay. you know, he comes out and does the seminars. Um, I think, you know, in the beginning, uh, we were bringing him more, more often. Uh-huh. Uh, but then everybody else was also taking him, yeah. you know, and he ended up going to Europe. He ended up going to Latin America. Wow. Um, you know, so it was a little harder to kind of get him out. But, uh, you know not not always difficult okay. obviously now with the whole you know pandemic, pandemic as yeah. now we're kind of getting over it yeah now it's getting easier to figure out ways to bring him or, or other dog brothers that you know have made their statement within within the dog brothers so uh speaking of which i haven't been training i haven't been training jujitsu at all like i mean just with the kids yeah but just just me screwing around with them yeah. it's not really like it's not really really even like real sparring i mean as close as i can get sure but like uh i mean i've been vaccinated and things are looking good i'm probably going to get back to my my particular group Mm -hmm. in a couple weeks nice yeah so i'm excited about that but uh but yeah like i could see i could see like you know like if, if this if this crafty guy comes out, I would like to see him. Yeah. Like, I would like to check it out. Like, okay. can you let me know? Absolutely. Like, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, even when we, if we have any events, you know, mm-hmm. I'll let you know and you can come on out. I'll come and check it out. I'm not going to fight with you guys. Yeah, yeah. No, you, no. Guys, you guys are fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'll take I, a punch I, in the face, not a stick. Bro. I think, I think <laughs> once you see it, and you see who we are. Yeah. You, you know, you won't be as apprehensive. You'll be like, man, you know what? These guys are not that bad. They're pretty yeah. cool. They're cool. They're well, nice guys. Fuck that, though. <laughs> fuck that. I don't care how nice you are. You're not going to hit me in the face with this. Thing. No, man, no. You, take, you know. I'll take a kick. I'll even take a kick in the face. But no, not, not a stick, man. I like you and everything, yeah, but yeah. I don't like you that much. I don't know my liking is going to allow me to, like, get fucking stick, stick in the face. No, no. But, but um... But yeah, no, let me know, man, because I would like to check it out. I would like to check it out and and like see what you guys are about. Because um the 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 stuff that I learned from you in the past was interesting. Because yeah. like I didn't learn some of that. Like like when I was learning stick fighting, it was all like this is a pattern, you learn right. this pattern, and then there's you learn disarming, this is one disarmament, and this is another disarmament, and then you don't do it with swords and blah blah blah. You know, it's just like okay, that's cool. You know, and I was like, okay, this is complicated. Yeah. The stuff that you were showing me even back when, when you, when we still, when we, I think we were both still living in the hood. Like, he, um, you showed me some really interesting things. Like, uh, one was obviously defanging the snake because that's something that stuck with me. I was like, yeah. fuck, that's brilliant. You yeah, know? yeah. And there is another one that you showed me that you said that you had run in with somebody that was just, again, trying weird shit. And you said that he, he, he stuck you in the arm mm. and sliced you the long way mm. not not the short way but the long way but the long way like he he's like he stuck you in the bicep or something and then he he just dragged along and the explanation was something like you know yeah you'll bleed you know like right. you'll yeah. bleed a lot you yeah. know like yeah. even if you don't hit something important it's you know that's a long ass fucking scar well right? and and psychologically you know who's used to seeing their own blood especially at something like that yeah that's gonna stop you that's gonna mess with you even at your best even if you're like okay i've seen my own blood before but Mm -hmm. even at that point like you could probably be like shit this is a big ass gash yeah Yeah. you know like this is i'm i'm in trouble here and so like now i think from a psychological perspective you're thinking i'm in a lot of danger now i got to defend this Mm. you know and and get out of this fight right but I don't know, man. That's fucking crazy. So, um, so how how much how much, how how are we on time? We got a couple hours. You still got time? Yeah. yeah okay. I guess so <laughs> cool. So, um, so is this guy crafty comes out? Does anybody else come out? Um, we have had him come out with another individual. Um, at the time, they were promoting what's called the, uh, the school program. Uh-huh. So it was being catered more to people that didn't want to fight, uh-huh. you know, but they wanted to learn, uh-huh. right? Um, and that's still, that's still going on. Uh, the gentleman that came with him, though, I, I don't believe he's a longer active. Uh-huh. I think he kind of just went and did his own thing. Okay. Uh, we've brought Lonely Dog out to Bloomington, Illinois. Uh, Terry Crutcher brought him out. Uh-huh. And... Um, He's he's from Europe. He's uh, from Sweden, I believe. Lonely dog. Lonely dog, because he was the first, I want to say, first European uh-huh. to come out to California to train with Crafty, uh, learn, you know, and fight. And let me tell you, this guy is phenomenal. Really phenomenal. He he's about my size, uh-huh. uh, maybe a little a little leaner, a little toner, mm-hmm. but his movement is 
incredible uh, i cater my my footwork to him uh, you know about his dvds and uh, find him on youtube and uh, practice 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 right um but we've brought him out and he's a wonderful human being um a good instructor and and again an amazing fighter uh-huh. um so we've had had him uh we are going to have some events uh, i'll mention them now if that's cool yeah no go for it um in june the weekend of the 25th uh, we're hoping to bring another original dog brother, Dogzilla. Dogzilla. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we're hoping to bring him in. And, uh, so Saturday, that weekend, Saturday would be a workshop. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll we'll all teach something. Uh-huh. I don't know. Um, and then on Sunday, uh, we're going to fight. Okay. So that would be our Midwest get-together. Uh-huh. The weekend, I, I want to say June 25th, 26th. Uh, Where is that at? Uh, that's going to be at Donner's Grove UFC. Nice. Um, the bigger event, and this is the first time it's being announced uh, publicly. You know, pandemic. Obviously, if it gets better, we're we're good. Uh-huh. But we we got the uh, the permission to host the first Dog Brothers uh, Open Gathering uh-huh. in Chicago. But it's the last Sunday of September. So both events, uh, Downers Grove UFC. Mm-hmm. Okay, and they're and they're going to be uh, both pretty big events right so you guys well so so the get together might be a smaller event uh-huh. like you know it's us we're training uh the the midwest uh training groups uh-huh. getting together uh, but obviously open invitation to our friends uh-huh. uh or people that are interested you know it's not really a whole public thing okay um but it, it's for people that we trust uh-huh. you know so people in, who listen to this podcast hey just... i guess yeah at this point now <laughs> look me up you know yeah. carlos flores yeah. find me on facebook yeah. uh you know we'll get to know each other and yeah. if, if you know and if he likes you enough maybe you then can maybe go. you can come yeah. <laughs> uh but but the open gathering that one is open okay to to whoever wants to come out other other screamer how many people show up to the open gathering the first one I ever went to back in 2011, it was like 60 people. Oh, okay. That's so you get maybe like three fights in. Okay. You know, uh, because it's a long day. For a minute, for a minute there, I, it, I thought it was like 300 people. No, 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 no. The most I've seen has been like in the 60s. Um, for our tribals, it's smaller. Uh-huh. It, it could be, you know, 30 people. Okay. Uh, that fight for two days, you uh-huh. know. So in two days, you can get a minimum of seven fights in, depending on how you feel. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, you know, so so... We got the blessing, and and for you know the first time in history, uh, the open gathering is going to be outside of California. It's going to be in Chicago. It's going to be in Chicago, and we have other gatherings too. This uh, official gatherings in Canada uh-huh. and official gatherings in Europe too. I want to know why Donners Grove UFC. Well, because uh, my guy Smiling Dog, uh, he's the one that's leading this event, and he's been training and teaching At out DOC? of UFC uh, Donners Grove. Interesting. So, you know, he's talked to them and, and we got there okay. And I believe the, the fee is $10 to get in. Oh, wow. So, in you know, the open gathering, uh, I think, I don't know right now at this point in time, but usually we invite people to come watch. Uh-huh. You know, but again, depending on how the pandemic goes, um, you know, we're going to discuss that and make sure that it, for the safety of everyone. Yeah. You know. So... In terms of like your progression mm-hmm. and where you sit in terms of hierarchy, describe t- to me like, because I, I mean I don't, I don't know what kind of system like there there is no system according to what you're telling me. It's just basically kind of like you've reached a level of mastery that other people decide that you've kind of reached, but there's no like belts, right? Right. No. So like, but for my simple mind, 
if you were to get a a belt, what belt would you be like? For me, like there's white belt, there's blue belt, there's purple belt, there's brown belt, and then there's black belt. Yeah, yeah. Purple belt being so, the middle of the road. So I think I think when you get to the point of a full dog brother, I, I would consider that like a black belt. Okay. At this point in time, I've been a full dog brother for for quite some time now. I I, I don't know if it would be first degree, second degree. I don't know. Um, but you're you're a black belt. So I guess yeah, I would be. Okay. In, in that sense, in that conceptually, I would be uh, a black belt. Um, they do, if you become an instructor, uh. now there are belts, right? If you decide to teach more in depth, uh, the you know, the, the system, you know, uh, quote unquote, um, you're given a dog tag with colors. So oh, now you can dope. be, it is pretty cool. Even <laughs> as a full dog brother, uh-huh. you get a dog tag. I, I didn't bring it with me. Uh, uh, maybe next time I see you, I'll, yeah, I'll yeah. show it to you. Um, and in the back, it says walk as a warrior for all your days. And it's got an Akita that the, that's the, the emblem of the dog brothers, which, oh, uh, crafty dog had an Akita uh-huh. and that's why I took a picture of it and, and made it the logo. Oh, that's cool. And then there's a triangle. So it's heart, mind and balls. That's what it <laughs> takes to do what we do. You know? I see. Yeah. So, okay. So damn. So you're, you're, you're mastered, I guess you could say. Well, you won't. I, I know. Okay. I shouldn't say master cause that's. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a student, you know, forever. Yeah, I always sure. want to learn. I think you, you can get to a certain point. And yeah, you can master certain things, uh-huh. but there's always so much to learn. That's in everything. Yeah. You know, and, and when you develop your fighting style, sometimes you, you do get stuck, yeah. you know. Uh, um, and I try to grow as much as I, I can by doing different weapons, uh-huh. you know, and, and trying to be better with those weapons. Um huh. But yeah, I I don't consider myself a master. Like I said, I'm not I'm not the biggest, I'm not the strongest, I'm not the fastest, but you know, I'm scrappy. But you know? I guess what I'm saying is, is like you know your craft, your art well enough that you can probably teach somebody and not teach them the wrong shit. Yeah. You know. Yeah, like, uh, like I, I would say that's a first statement. Yeah, cuz I mean cuz I mean, I'm teaching the kids stuff and, I don't, and I'm like Look at what book page three said. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know, so like I'm, I'm in no way a master. You know, so sure. like, so I'm no way I'm an instructor. So I, I guess, uh, I guess what I'm saying is, it's like, if if people were wanted to look you up, yeah, you would be a good up. person to look up. Sure. And, and either either me or, or Smiling Dog. Mm-hmm. You know, um, as of right now, we are the first two official uh, dog brothers in in uh, and, Illinois. And that's fucking dope, dude. Yeah. And we have candidates and we have dogs. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So you have people under you. Well, uh, training partners. So so when it comes to the training group, though, uh-huh. uh, yes, people that, that are not dogs yet, or maybe maybe they are. I do have one guy that's a dog. Um, I help him train, uh-huh. you know, but he goes out and learns other things and uh-huh. then he tests them out. And, um, but yeah, it, it's... You don't. You don't. At least the philosophy of the of your particular group. You don't. You don't have this kind of hierarchy. Everybody's learning. Yes, everybody's learning. You know, mm-hmm. the the hierarchy is like, oh, this guy can fight, or he's a better fighter than me, and I want to learn from him. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But that's about it. He's not a coach. He's not my trainer. He's no. not my. I mean, they'll they'll be like. Um... I mean, they'll call me maybe instructor. No, I don't know what they call me. They call me bro. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Los bro, mal dog. Yeah. Um, but but you know I I can easily say though like going back to Smiling Dog, uh, hands down he's our best fighter yeah. in, in in the Midwest, and I would say with uh, active fighters in the Dog Brothers maybe easily top ten, top huh. five like he's an animal, 
you know, and he's been my training partner for years. So I've gotten my ass handed to me many times, not uh, destroyed because he knows when to yeah. pull back, you know, but I, I've given him some good scraps as well. And I think we've both learned from each other, uh-huh. um, you know, how, how to fight someone that moves around a lot, that's got speed on their side. Uh-huh. Uh, and me, you know, beast of a man, six foot four, well over 200 pounds. Uh-huh. How to how to survive that and and you know we both have given each other I think valid shots and it's like damn dude like you know uh, we, you know you learn you learn from each other but hands down he's our best so best then, fighter so then okay um, I know you don't like to talk too much about this but like what just to kind of give people an understanding like uh, you might be a stick fighter but not necessarily that's not necessarily your weapon of choice. Mm. what is your weapon of choice like if you wanted to, if 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 you got this if they say hey you pick the weapon let's let's fight what weapon would that be would it be a knife would it be a stick would it be a sledgehammer like <laughs> would it because um, i've seen pictures and videos of this stuff it looks crazy man yeah. people show up with all kinds of shit <laughs> at this at these things we, we've had a dungeon dog again the guy with the chain uh-huh. and another buddy of mine ice dog uh, james Ponce. he's from canada these guys have the craziest fights. They've done, and I don't remember if I saw this or not. Maybe in a video, maybe I was there. Uh-huh. They fought with big old dog bones. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the stuff that, that you so give stupid. a freaking mastiff. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I've, I've seen, they've also done fights with hockey sticks. Oh, shit. And the thing, the problem is that those snap in half and now you got a jagged edge. So now they have to flip it around and use the handle. Are you serious? They snap in yeah. half? Yeah. Um, I've seen fights not necessarily with these guys, but frying pans. Ooh, awesome! <laughs> you know, except except some of them do also shatter. They do. Yeah, I I wouldn't have thought. Um, I've done aluminum sword fights. Uh-huh. You know, machete fights. Buckler. Uh-huh. Are you familiar with this? Yeah. The buckler is a, a small hand shield. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty good with that. I'm pretty good with aluminum swords. Um, but obviously you don't cut anybody so no how do no you, no so all those all those sometimes so that becomes a technical fight uh, the swords uh-huh. the aluminum swords because if you swing it like a stick uh-huh. you're gonna break bone instantly uh-huh. so it becomes more technical more i am slicing i am cutting i am thrusting uh-huh right versus i'm not hacking i'm not swinging it like a stick so okay <laughs> okay i need to understand okay so you're using an aluminum sword but it doesn't have an edge to it it does not However, you need to be careful because you the more you fight, them. yeah, the more you fight with aluminum swords, they start to get these little dings uh-huh. and, and it gets like pointy, like pointy edges. Yeah. So that now, you know, if you're not careful, can actually slice. It can scratch or cut pretty deep. Okay. But, but going to your question. Uh, it, it, it's interesting. And it's, it sounds like it's still kind of small, you know? Yeah, well, I, I would, we yeah, we're still on. Okay. I, I never turned it off. Okay, so so wait, let, let, before we jump into that, because you brought up a, another interesting point. But when it comes to weapons, man, I, I think I would favor the double stick. So two sticks. Okay. That's more my thing, but I'm open to using anything else. Uh-huh. Uh, one guy had convinced me, I forget who the guy was, to do, I, I want to say the thing's called a shambok. A shambok. So, so I think they use it in Africa for the cattle, uh-huh. but it's like a little ball. Oh. And it kind of thins down, so it's yes. almost like a whipping motion. Uh-huh. I, I and I was gonna fight the guy, and he got hurt. Uh-huh. 
So I'm like, you know what? Maybe this was a sign. <laughs> Don't mess around with the Schombach because I, I heard that that's worse than a whip. Like it really does oh, a lot really? of damage. Um, yeah, but you know, when it, whatever weapon I use, um, my biggest weapon is my footwork. Is my movement. Uh-huh. And when I say footwork, it's not just the feet, but it's the whole body. Yeah, the head movement, the hand movement. Um, but yeah, double stick is my thing. I like the double sticks. Okay. That's that's I I was hoping you'd come up with like you know I use the fly swatter, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which I probably could too. You know it's you know when we go back yeah. to the whole consistency across all categories. Yeah. You know the way you use a weapon again. What's consistent for me is my movement, uh-huh. even with the chain as I'm swinging it. You know the three sectional staff as I'm swinging that. Uh-huh. You know the actual six foot staff, or I actually prefer five seven because that's how tall I am. Uh-huh. You know the type of movements that you can do with it mm-hmm. um it almost it's it's very similar uh a good friend of mine and she introduced me to um poi which was uh, poi? Uh, poi poi is a chain with a ball at the end that you light on fire oh fuck so so somehow <laughs> she convinced me that it would be a good idea to do it <laughs> Wait, i borrowed did you, some did you fight no 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 no, not uh, fighting but just to do it uh-huh. you know for entertainment purposes i guess i i took it home uh-huh i'm moving around figuring it out I'm like oh this is almost like weapons you know <laughs> a couple days later uh we're in the alley uh, of this facility uh, where i work at uh-huh. and um we light these balls on fire there's people there and i'm doing my thing uh i didn't burn myself but it was like weapons it legit was like moving weapons so nunchucks in yeah or nunchucks uh so in in my head you know anything's a weapon obviously Uh and the movement is similar across the board okay i don't know why for me that's just that's just the way it is i I don't i don't have a favorite weapon at this point in time Uh but if i were to choose what i'm very comfortable with is double sticks but I imagine that you probably don't want to have a favorite weapon, right? You don't. You, you want to be able to like grab whatever. Be versatile. You, yeah. Yeah. Huh. So, uh, so. Oh, so so so. How small? How big is the group? Yeah. Um. God, I, I want to say. small. Well, we have people in the states. We have people in Europe. A big number in Europe now, uh. and we have people in Canada. Uh-huh. Uh We have, I think, one guy in Latin America, in Mexico. But I, I don't think, uh, you know, I, I, he's never really come up to fight. I think he came once or twice. I'm not sure. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't recall. Um, some people in Argentina, Argentina, but, you know, I haven't heard anything else uh, uh, about what's going on over there. So, re, you know, dog brothers or, or starting from the low, you know, the lower uh, end of the dog, Canada dog brothers. Mm-hmm. So, so maybe close to 200, uh, 200. individuals. But that's not including people that that are in that journey to become a dog okay right so so full official members i'd say maybe about 200 100 to 200 that's small that's that's not well so so to me it's big because how many people do that like dog brother stuff like how many people go out and you know take a chance and 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 do it um i I guess you're you're right because essentially they're fighters right every one of them is a fighter correct whereas some of these other martial arts you know, you might get a black belt, but not necessarily, you don't necessarily actually really ever fight. Yeah. Or, you know, or maybe I'm getting the numbers wrong. Maybe it's full dog brothers, could be about a hundred. Uh. And then everybody else is maybe there's more numbers. I mean, we could always look it up on the website, dogbrothers.com. Oh, really? You get all the information there. That's crafty site, uh, dogbrothers.com. Um, and, and another way to learn is, is they have um, 
in their website, um, like classes and, and, and forums that you can be a part of. You know, you pay a fee, but you get all this information, yeah. which is, you know, if this is what you want to pursue, it's, it's very well worth it. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like I got, I got a lot going on with the jujitsu. I'm going to be going back to them. So I probably won't be able to like uh, be able to dive back into stick fighting. I never was like super deep into stick fighting. Yeah. But I'd, I'd like to check this check out. Check it out. I mean, yeah. check it out. You you know, um, now that you're playing around with sticks and jujitsu is, 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 you know, your thing right now. Yeah. Uh, stick grappling. So so it would make yeah. sense to you. And I, I don't doubt you'll be able to play around more with that. Yeah. 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 It That'd just makes sense. That would be interesting to, ch- to check out. And, and Gong Food Dog has video lessons out there with, <laughs> with you know, how to use a stick in the jiu-jitsu world. And, and again, he's a high-level jiu-jitsu mm. player. Are you considered a high-level stick fighter then? Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> you know? Uh, well, that being modest. Like, um, let's not be modest. Let's, let's like, honestly, I mean, are you in the middle of the pack? I may, uh, maybe I'm in the middle. That's a pretty good place to I be. I think, yeah, I think I'm in, I'm in the middle. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm having a good day, then maybe just above that. Because uh-huh. you know, you have a good day, you have a bad day. Uh, but I would say I'm in the middle. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. That's huge, man. Like out of a hundred people and you're, you're number 50. Maybe, you know, that's pretty fucking dope. Like mm-hmm. that's huge, man. Yeah. So then, okay. I have to ask mm-hmm. cause there's a lot of times there's a lot of shit I do. My wife sees me do something mm-hmm. and she fucking rolls her eyes. <laughs> How often that you, you go out into the backyard and your wife looks at you or your neighbor looks at you and they're like, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, the the wife never. Never? No. Never. Uh, she's come see me fight too oh, in California really? in the beginning. Yeah, even the beginning. And but she's not like oh, the, you know what you're doing now. You're gonna set yourself no. on fire with those balls. I <laughs> know. No, nothing no? like that. Nothing. Um, she's like cool with you doing it. Yeah, for the most part, I think. You know, being a family man and, and having three kids, mm-hmm. you know, as long as I dedicate time to the kids, to the family, uh-huh. then, you know, it's a balance. I, I got to yeah. balance it out. Well, you got to know your priorities, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And because of the pandemic, um, you know, I do feel that I'm lacking more in, in the training aspect. Mm-hmm. I've been working out. I'll do some stuff on my own. But to really work with training partners has been kind of difficult. Yeah. Just because to the timing now uh, is, is out for me. Um, so... You know, one thing I tell myself, like, if I don't feel prepared for, for an event, um, I'll say, you know, I accept my defeat, and in doing so, I am free from it. So what are you saying? You go anyway? Mm-hmm. And you'll be like, I'm probably going to get accept, my ass kicked? I accept I'm going to get my ass handed to me, and I'm going to do the best that I can, and Not it actually hurt. works because I, I don't get hurt. You yeah. know, I, I actually still fight very well. Probably You're probably more kind of like... Yeah, uh, I'm really undertrained. I don't want to get hurt. I'm not going to take any big, stupid chances, right? Yeah. So you're probably more conservative, a little more, a little more. Maybe. I mean, I'm always conservative. Yeah, you yeah. know, for any fight, which I think has been my saving grace as to why I haven't gotten seriously injured, yeah. is that I'm conservative, but I have fun. Uh, for me, it is a game of chess. Mm-hmm. And, you know, without giving too much away, uh, I take my time. Mm-hmm. and just find the right opportunity to strike. Mm. You know, unless the fight is brought to me where, you know, they don't want the stick anymore and they want to clinch and take you down. Or yeah. sometimes you're both thinking the same thing and next thing you know, you're face-to-face and now we're clinching uh-huh. because we decided to to do the same footwork or whatnot. Yeah. And now, you know, I have no choice but to fight in that area if I can escape great. If not, we go to the ground, see how it goes. Um, but yeah. Jesus Christ. 
So you so you have to train in different areas. Yeah. Right now, my ground game is is shit. Um, unfortunately, it's the one that I always neglect. Mm-hmm. But you know, I think I I could hold my own uh, for the most part. Uh, if not, you always carry an extra knife underneath the um, the belt the belts, buckle. Yeah, pull it out and <laughs> shit. well. So during fights, yeah. you do that. You can shank away, yeah. and and then you you I guess at that point you win the fight because you know you stab the guy to to death. Uh, so sometimes people will hide knives uh, in their waistband or whatnot. So you and I, we grew up in the same neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know why I gravitated to martial arts. I mean, we it was rough. Yeah, it was, you sure. know it's funny too because you grow up in that neighborhood and you don't realize how rough it is. You're just right. thinking this is every day, right? right? Like this, you know, there was one time I was going, you know, and I'm sure you've had situations like this happen. One time I was going to go get milk at at uh, at one of those stores across the way from that little video game place we used to go yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. And so I was on my way trying to get some milk and some dude popped out, out from from an alley, alleyway with a big silvery gun mm. and started shooting at some car down the street. Mm. And then I like, I was like, I don't know, 11, mm. 12, mm. you know. Imagine a twelve-year-old boy seeing that, witnessing that, huh? and then having to like run or hit the hit the ground, yeah, because you don't know if the bullet's gonna hit you. I mean, yeah. You don't know where he's, where that guy is really gonna fire, right? Like we, we've definitely have had similar, yeah, experiences. So I know you have because you lived like three blocks away from me. Yeah, yeah. So like, I mean, uh, my 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 question for you is because for me. That's why I learned martial arts, mm. you know? Yeah. Because, I mean, I was, you know, every day in that neighborhood, like, you had to worry about gangbangers approaching you. Mm-hmm. You had to worry about coming off the bus, mm-hmm. being on the bus. You know, for me, I had to get off the train. You had to worry about getting off the train over there on right. the, by Cermak. Yeah. You know, so then areas are rough over there. Yeah. Now, like... Like I said, you grew up in the same neighborhood. Is that the reason you gravitated to that, or is there something else that inspired you to? I, I'm, you know, at, at this point in time, I don't know what it was. Um, because you've been a martial artist for a long time. Well, so so yes, um, not just the stick fighting, like, but like, I've done informal stuff with you. You yeah. know, I, I would say you introduced me into kickboxing. Mm-hmm. Uh, our other buddy, yeah, right. You, yeah. you introduced <laughs> us in, into kickboxing, and and I remember at that moment I, I had better hands. He had better kicks. Mm. Uh, he was more flexible than I was. Mm. Uh, you also brought out the sticks one time. Yeah, uh, you were showing us stuff with the books and the heart uh, end of it, and how you can use that. Yeah. Um. So kickboxing, I I. I would say that, you know, informally, you were my instructor as kickboxing. Mm. Uh, and from there, you know, I remember doing a little bit of uh, Aikido at Petrovsky Park. In the, oh, in the yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that guy. That guy ended up getting murdered. Yeah, for like, the same kind of thing. Yeah. And then I think formally, my, I w- and I would consider my foundation because I spent many years and it is Taekwondo. Mm. But I was like maybe in my early 20s uh-huh. when I first unofficially started you know, training outside of everything else that was informal. Um, you know, but I, I, I don't, I don't know. I really don't, don't know. Uh, maybe it is for the self-defense or, or self-preservation. You know, I, I love life mm-hmm. and I want to be around as long as I can, especially now with kids, Yeah, you know, be able to protect myself, protect them. But back then, you know, I was into Bruce Lee as well. Uh-huh. We messed around with nunchucks. I yeah. remember that. Um, 
Yeah, I remember I had I had nunchucks. Somebody taught me how to use nunchucks at Petrosky Park. Yeah, that's so, funny. So, well, then you showed me some stuff. Yeah, and then I remember going home buying some hard nunchucks, you know, versus the soft ones, uh-huh. and I busted my elbow like two times where. Uh, I have something going on where if I lean on it, the funny bone just tingles. It's like, Are you serious? Yeah, to this day. Shit, to I'm this sorry. Day. No, it's not your fault. I'm the one that was yeah. in my attic in yeah. my parents' house. Yeah. I remember doing something and then whack. Oh my goodness. And yeah. I did it like two or three times and I might have chipped <laughs> the elbow. I don't know. Oh man, I'm uh, sorry. But that's always been, a, that's been a recurring you know, uh-huh. injury that I lean on and I yeah. feel it. Uh, but yeah, man, I, martial arts, you know, it's a journey, yeah. just like life is. And, and at this point in time, I don't know why I, I started in it. Uh, maybe just to know how to fight, um, to protect myself, you know, mm-hmm. like you, like you said, you know, yeah. growing in the area that we did, you needed to know something. You needed something. Yeah. So I guess maybe the same then. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Cause I mean, I wondered about it sometimes too, but, um, it, it, I mean, it kept me off from like, doing stupid stuff mm. you know because i mean i spent a lot of my evenings at the gym sure you know versus being over at home you know yeah not that my parents weren't present but you know i'd much rather be at the gym than at home sure you know? being productive and learning something yeah new and different yeah but that shit um i don't know do you did you ever go back at all to visit well, I've taken my kids out there. Oh, you know? really? Yeah, because I want them to be aware of, you know, where I come from and for them to also understand that this environment exists. Yeah. You know, and to be aware of your surroundings at all times. And and I remember when I first started taking my oldest, she was maybe about five, six. Yeah. And uh, I would go to a bank out there and I still do every once in a while. Um, and I told her, I'm like, look, mama, they shoot around here and you yeah. need to be careful. And this is what, what, what a gangbanger looks like so that you recognize it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I remember, uh, being at a party at like a Chicago Avenue and like Central Park mm-hmm. and the areas also, you know, it could be pretty, rough. pretty rough. Yeah. I told her mama, they shoot around here too. Right. Yeah. So then when we're walking down in Berwyn, somewhere like in Oak Park by the hospital in McNeil, mm. she asked me. It's like, Papi, do they shoot around here? And I looked at her. I'm like, you know, not necessarily, but it doesn't mean that it cannot happen. Yeah. So you always want to be aware of where you're at. <sighs> that's that's some that's a dark ass conversation to have with a kid. Well, yes, it, it, for me, it's important to have though. Well, I mean, let's let's, let's think about it. how how old is your daughter? Now she's 13. She's 13. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was like 11. 12 years old mm-hmm. when I saw that dude shoot people mm-hmm. and it was not the first time I saw something like that yeah so I mean is it dark yeah but it's not any darker than it's a lot lighter than than the shit we grew well, up yeah. with you know you know but but you're correct to them it might be darker because they didn't live it like we did yeah and I'm explaining to them but you know, because of longevity and, and I want them to, to be on this earth and, and do something productive and know what's right and wrong and, and to understand what evil can look like yeah. so that they do not become victims of it. Yeah. You know, especially at a young age, because during that time, uh, I, you know, I have twins as well that are 11 years old, a boy yeah. and a girl. And there were that's when the school shootings were popping up quite a bit. And I'd have to, I remember I'd have to process that on the drive home to school. We're hearing it on the radio and I'd be like, mama, what do you think about that? Mm. What would you do in a situation like that? If someone comes into school and shoots and at that point I've taught her enough, you know, where she would say, I would find the twins, grab them and we'd hide in the lockers. And I'm like, 
you know, she would be like, if I can't escape, we would hide in the lockers. Yeah. So I was like, dang, you know, that's, and that came from her. I always tell them, if you can escape, escape. Yeah. But don't run into the shit. Yeah. I, yeah. I feel you. You know what I mean? I feel it because these are our kids. Yeah. But it's, it's a fucking reality too. Well, unfortunately. I mean, the, the weird thing is, is that, um, like it's a big deal now, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. School shootings. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know. How many times did this happen when we were in school? It, well, in our schools, and it, yeah, you're right, it didn't. But in our environment, there was shootings. There's the shootings time. all the time. Yeah, but in like the school, maybe, and- maybe not in the school in this trapped situation. Mm-hmm. But like the kids get outside, they're shooting at each other. Right, you know, right? Well, yeah. I mean, it's a thing now. School shootings are a thing. Yeah. There's people teaching methods to kind of counter that like what do you do what are the teachers responsible for yeah. where do you lock them in yeah. as a teacher are you willing to sacrifice your life yeah you know i mean it sucks it's a thing well not only that but the discussions that they're having like um like they're saying should a should a uh, a teacher be armed should they have a gun and then think about it okay so if this teacher is armed He's going to be shooting who? Mm, yeah. uh, possibly another student who's, right. you know, troubled. Right. Because like one of the things that kind of like uh, is complicated about the situation, like you said, what does evil look like? Like, you know, this gangbanger. Okay. What is this gangbanger a product of? Mm-hmm. Like he's product of a situation. I mean, I'm not, he made some bad choices. Let's, let's, let's be clear about that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But he is a product of a certain situation, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe parents are not uh, present. Maybe he's missing his dad. Maybe he doesn't have his mom. Maybe he's just alone by himself all the time. Maybe he's a fucking psychopath. I was just going to say, or maybe, maybe he's he is. Just, yeah. Maybe he's just a, a fucking psychopath. Yeah. You know, but like whatever the case, there might be factors to to this situation that makes it a lot more complicated than saying this person's just straight up evil. Psychopath, yeah, yeah maybe he's straight up evil, but but maybe he's 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 trapped in a situation and not everything deserves a bullet right? sure sure yeah but yeah. but like you are right though in terms of what does danger look like this is what danger looks and, like and and that's more what i refer to as the evil you know now, yeah. maybe not so much the individual because evil has many faces yeah um but this is this is dangerous this this scenario we want to avoid yeah you know that type of stuff because the school shooters they might not look evil, yeah, you know, but they may be troubled kids, and and sometimes we know that, sometimes we do not, yeah, you know, but the danger is there. That's the type of evil. If, so the school shooting is the evil that's happening. Maybe not so much the individual. Yeah, what do you do there? Do you freeze? Do you flight? Or or do you fight? Yeah, you know. And 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 what do you? Yeah, and in the end of the day. Uh, how do you stop it from happening, right? And there's only so many resources that you can put out, so many things you can do for the community, so many things that you could do to try to kind of prevent it. But in the end of the day, the people who are in trouble need to come and use the resources. So how do you get these people to use these resources? You can't force someone. You can't force someone. That's the problem. Me me being in the counseling field, Mm -hmm. you know, when you try to force someone into counseling because you know they can benefit from it, if you force them, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. It's not going to work at all. Yeah. Um, They have to hit rock bottom or whatever, right? They have to be in a situation where... And even, dude, even when they hit rock bottom, it doesn't matter. They're still not going to look for the help. (laughs) Even when it's right there in their face, it happens. Sometimes... You know, chemistry-wise, the brain, it, it, it's not always their choice because they just can't control what they're 
feeling or what they're going through. Or even have the ability to process. Correct. Right? Like maybe they don't even have the IQ to realize yeah. that yeah. they're in a Cognitively, situation. Cognitively, that's... You know, yeah, you're right. I mean, and it could be for whatever reasons, right? That maybe they they're just you know not smart. Maybe they're really really young. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the other thing too. Is it's like okay, so for example, the uh, triangle of victimization, which is one of those things that the Gracies like to teach. Mm -hmm. She's like, you got to have these three points on the triangle, these three situations to happen in order for you to consider yourself in danger, right? Mm -hmm. And and to have to take action. So, for example, you have to be one in the situation, two, you there has to be a victim present, and three, there has to be an assailant present. Hmm. So you can have one of you can have you know two of the situations present, but without the third, mm -hmm. you're not really in danger. So, hmm. for example, uh, you're in the grocery store, and there's this guy who's kind of you know chasing you throughout the store he's just kind of like stalking you right yeah, yeah okay so now you have the possible assailant right you have the one and you have yourself the victim mm -hmm. but you don't have the situation because you're in the store you're in a public place mm. right it's very unlikely that he's going to try to do something to you mm. in that situation right now for example let's say you're in a situation where it's late at night you're walking down the dark alley and but it's just you right now you have the situation where there's nobody that could help you who can come to your aid. Yeah. And you have the victim, but you don't have the assailant, mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. that's that's the way that pyramid the works. Dynamic, yeah. But now the problem with individuals like gangbangers, for example, they don't give a fuck mm -hmm. about the situation. Right. They will do whatever the fuck they want or mm -hmm. whatever the fuck they feel they should be doing in whatever situation that's the problem with those with those people yeah. or people like them yeah you know because they don't care if they're in broad daylight they don't care if you're the victim or if you're not the victim they don't care if you're the target they you're you can get hurt right assuming that they are in whatever uh, in the chase or doing whatever they're doing if, if there's violence happening uh, rest assured you're you're in danger yeah right yeah. so like that is the problem with some of these kind of like uh strategies or paradigms or whatever you want to call them principles this is like okay yeah okay well i'm safe right not if this no, motherfucker's here you know yeah. you know so, so not if little psycho is here yeah, little, little psycho, psycho yeah little psycho <laughs> don't give a fuck <laughs> that's why they call him little psycho right, you know? right. so so when when i train people or even in my own training uh, and, and, you know, not, there's nothing new under the sun. Maybe I picked it up from somewhere. I don't know. Yeah. You know, I didn't create it. Yeah. But I like to train for the known known, for the known unknown, mm. and the unknown unknown. Mm. So what do I mean? The known known is I'm an MMA fighter. I know who my opponent is. I know when the event is going to take place. I prepare for that. Okay. The known unknown is I'm a bouncer at the club. I know something can happen at any moment. I just don't know when, uh -huh. but I'm ready for it. The unknown unknown is for that situation where the shit has hit the fan. You weren't expecting it. You had yeah. no idea who or what. Yeah. But you still you still ready for, for it. it. Yes. Yeah. Zombie apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. From Mars. There, yeah. there you go. <laughs> yeah. Always prepare for that stuff. Yeah. For anything. Yeah. I do not. Uh, I um. 
I've taken kind of like a different kind of thought process for that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I like to think, I like to hope that my situation has kind of kept me from having to deal with situations like that. When you say situation, like your experience? Like, for example, what I'm saying is um, I am no, the self-defense part of my life is not so much the actual practice of the self-defense. Mm. It's the creating the, the situation where I don't have to use the self-defense. Sure. So sure. like avoidance, right? Yeah. So, so, well, so I've been thinking about this since we started talking on this uh, uh, path. Uh-huh. Um Avoid the three S's. Yeah. Stupid people <laughs> in stupid places doing stupid things. Yes. <laughs> and the number one way <laughs> to do that is to not be in that place. Right. Right. And how do you do that? You get yourself a nice house mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and nice burbs, mm-hmm. you know, where shit like that doesn't happen. And yeah. you don't see little psycho right. or big psycho or any version of psycho, <laughs> any right. size yeah, of yeah. psychos. Um, <laughs> And that's what you do. Like that, that is how you, at least for me, that is, that is where self-defense starts. Right. right. Sure. Avoidance. Awareness. Well, yeah. Avoidance. Yeah. Avoidance. Awareness. But more, more than anything, creating the situation, creating the life that keeps you from being in that situation. Right. Yeah. You don't live in Iraq. You live in the suburbs in Chicago. Right. Yeah. Now, um, uh, now, in that perspective, where does self-defense sit for me? Because uh, I still practice it. Mm-hmm. It gave me comfort when I was young, mm-hmm. right? It gave me many mentors mm-hmm. that I probably wouldn't have had access to. And um, it's given me some experiences that that I'm so happy that I've had mm-hmm. um, that I wouldn't trade the world for. Now, it's something that I'm passing down to my kids. Yeah. And there's many lessons that we can take as we're as we're imparting you and I here, um, that martial arts gives us. Mm-hmm. So, but the likelihood of me using martial arts at all in a life or death scenario currently mm-hmm. yeah. is very unlikely, mm-hmm. right? And hopefully it stays that way. Sure, right. So, as far as martial arts, uh, where does it sit for me? It's not just uh, it. Sure, it's a way of life. But it's where my my friends are, mm. right? It's where my tribe is. Yeah. It's where it's where I go to 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 kind of. It's where I get my kind of like my counseling. Mm. Yeah, it's where I go to your therapy. My therapy. I go yeah. is where I get my friends. Where I, where I bounce stuff ideas off. It's where I tell them, hey, you know. I did this thing. What do you think? Did, dude, that's pretty fucking stupid. Don't do that again. You know? <laughs> yeah, Don't yeah. tell your boss that. He doesn't want to <laughs> hear it, right? And I'm like, oh, okay, right. Professionally, that's a bad idea. Okay, I get you. You know, so like there's a counseling that happens there that mm-hmm. you wouldn't Absolutely. get otherwise, right? And mm-hmm. you can only get that with with friends, mm-hmm. right? And I think, uh, and I've said this before, but one of the things that I think, uh, things like jujitsu, things like stick fighting, the Dog Brothers especially, they sure, they give you... Um, uh, comfort, right? Mm-hmm. Knowing that you can handle a fight, and should you ever handle a fight, you'd be able to deal with it, right? Mm-hmm. But more than anything, it gives us a community to go to. Sure, it's it's a place where a doctor can meet a plumber, mm-hmm. where a carpenter can meet an architect, right? Or they probably would meet anyway. But you know what I'm saying, <laughs> yeah. though. Yeah, like I do. unlikely 
people would meet and become friends and and it's and sometimes these people really benefit from having those those friendships sure so um that is that is for me especially nowadays what martial arts provided me because looking back uh my kickboxing coach my wrestling coach even my jiu-jitsu coach that i you know uh had on the podcast recently uh, these are people who've made really important like uh influence mean really big influences in my life that really kind of helped me yeah you know yeah and so that's that's what i look to martial arts for um but i mean what you're saying the the, the experiences you're talking about mm -hmm. that's super enriching man mm. think about it how fucking crazy is that where you guys can go to like someplace and and, and set up fights and hit one guy can hit you with a pan, <laughs> and the other guy can hit you with a fucking chain. Yeah, you know, like, yeah. and and you guys are all right with it, right? You know, yeah. Um, so so the therapy, I agree with you one hundred percent. I'm reminded of a story Danny Nasanto um, once said, um, where he had a student who I believe was a, a police officer going through a divorce, mm. and uh, unfortunately the stress was too much for him that he ended up committing suicide. Oh fuck! And Danny Nasanto could not fathom the idea as to why did he do that when he had his art. So to me, when I'm feeling down and you know, we all go through it. Uh, I remind myself, I still have my art. Mm -hmm. So let me practice it. Let me, you know, go to my therapy and let me get away from those demons, mm -hmm. you know, because we all, we all have them. Mm. Um, the thing with the dog brothers too is yeah, you know, we, it's a group uh, of individuals but the idea of also being an unorganized militia. <laughs> so if shit hits the fan, we're ready to defend country, family, and, and ourselves, <laughs> you know, our homes. Yeah. So, so that's also the whole idea of the tribe. Mm -hmm. It's like I'm not trying to break my, my brother. I'm trying to make him stronger mm -hmm. so that if we do need to come together for whatever reason, uh -huh. we're strong. Yeah. You know, we're able to do it. Well, I mean, if, you know, God forbid the... Um the the government goes crazy mm -hmm. and and they want to take you know form some kind of dictatorship like like in North Korea, uh, we won't win against tanks right, mm, right. but eh, you know the dog brothers will give them a hell of a fight right <laughs> you know I think a lot of individuals would rise up at that moment <laughs> yeah if, if, you know it comes give, to that and give them a hell of a fight <laughs> <laughs> all yeah. right bro well I mean um I we we did we did a good. Two and a half hours. You want to plug something before we, we call it quits here tonight? Uh, you know what? Uh, again, just a, a reminder, our events that are coming up, uh, June 25th, 26th, we're going to have Dogzilla out. Uh, hopefully, yeah, hopefully it works out. And then uh, we're going to do some training uh -huh. and then uh, spar fight uh -huh. uh, on, on that Sunday. And then the big event, uh, September 26th, the last Sunday of September, uh -huh. is going to be the first time in history we're having the official Dog Brothers uh, open gathering. Here in Chicago. So in Chicago. Or Chicago land. Correct. Yeah. Downers Grove UFC, uh, $10 <laughs> to come in. You know, uh, and I think we're looking to use not just the open matted area uh -huh. that you're familiar with, uh -huh. but perhaps even the octagon. Ooh. So that would be different. Yes. And it'll be really cool. Yeah, you could get the stick stuck in the, in the cage <laughs> or something. Yeah, yeah. That's That'd a be possibility. Huh. 
But cool. yeah, and, and, and you know, if anybody is looking for someone to train with or is interested in dog brothers, doesn't mean you necessarily have to fight. Uh-huh. You know, but if you want to learn some stuff, uh, look me up, Carlos Flores. I'm on Facebook. Uh, I'm on Instagram with with Edgar. I'm his friend on Instagram. What's your uh, Instagram handle? I think know? it's Los Ronin. L O S R O N I N. I believe that's correct. If you know, yeah, I'll make sure to put all your information in the description. Perfect. And on Facebook, I'm I'm Carlos Flores. Uh, or you can look up Pete Jessica on Facebook, Smiling Dog, and his his picture um, yeah, with with his gear on uh-huh. uh, is his profile picture. So if you see the Walmart smiley face, big you know beast of a man, that's your that's your man, <laughs> that's your guy. And, and DogBrothers.com, mm. you know, go to the source, find all that information that you know you, you're curious about, looking for. Uh, but if you want to train in Illinois, uh, even Terry Crutcher, uh, he's out in Bloomington, Illinois. Mm-hmm. Uh, Greg Ja in Urbana-Champaign, you know, Michigan, um, the Detroit area, Kendall, Florida. I mean, we have a bunch of guys that are more than willing to help you in this journey. Very cool. All right, man. Hey, I appreciate you, man. Thanks for, for inviting me and, and, and having me over. This was really cool. It was a yeah. lot of fun. Yeah, no, it's very cool, man. It was great seeing you again, man. Um, yeah, we got to do this again. We'll do it again, and Absolutely. we'll, we'll uh, maybe we'll we'll uh, pick apart a a stick fighting movie or something. Hey. Like, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. John Wick is actually pretty pretty yeah. legit with some of the stuff that I've I've seen. So yeah, we could do one of those. We <laughs> sit there like that doesn't look real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Carlos Flores, for showing up, and uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this one. This is Ego Travis. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye, bye, guys. The song you're listening to is titled Summer Waves by Keo. You can find them over at Epidemic Sound. Make sure you use the referral link in the description. I hope you liked this episode. If you did, make sure you head on over to theflowrollpodcast.com where we have the entire catalog of the show along with a store. Get yourself a coffee mug, maybe a throw pillow with the Flow Roll Podcast logo on it. We are also on Instagram as The Flow Roll. Make sure you go over there and give us a shout. And don't forget to like, subscribe, comment, and press all the buttons that make the podcast gods happy. Man. It was it was really good catching up with my friend Carlos. I haven't seen him in a long time. It's been a few years, so it was nice to kind of reconnect and kind of talk about stick fighting. He's very passionate about stick fighting, and you know he's well practiced, you know, as you heard. More than anything, these scenarios and these experiences he's been having with the Dog Brothers is really interesting. They sound like they're the nicest savages you'll ever meet. I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to actually going and, and checking that out. But anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next time. Bye.